Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do our usual lists for the best and worst of the year. This is going to be our podcast for the best and worst for TV, games and films and other things for 2022. I'm your host Matthew and joining me today I have two people. One of them is Grey. How are you doing? Hello Matthew. I am a little bit unwell but we're not going to focus on that. I'm looking forward to doing my top 10 of 2022 uh, third year in a row with you so i'm really excited uh, about what we're going to be putting in our top 10s this year yes yeah and we don't know each other's list and stuff so that's going to be very exciting um david how are you doing i'm doing well i'm i'm sort of getting to the point where we're sort of you know, wrapping things up on the the site and uh, last podcast just went out this evening so mm-hmm. uh that's the last podcast of 2022 for geek town so that is now up and available um but uh yeah all good nice nice uh looking forward to getting into these lists and speaking of last things yes this will be the last thing i'll be recording for the year the last thing we'll be releasing for the year and then join us on january the 1st for the continuation of classic reviews and the return of a month of positive creators but enough of all that let's get into my singular selections for 2022 we're going to kick off with a positive one i've put this in somewhat of a particular order just to have a particular flow to it going to kick off with best episode now some of these individual categories i've got a couple of different contenders not a sort of top five or so but a sort of um a couple of contenders and then a choice i've only got one contender and one winner for the best episode and that is the hollyoaks the long walk home which aired uh, a very recent episode actually aired within the last two months or so um and yeah the episode made me uh, in the ways it was supposed to made me angry made me um disappointed because of what the uh, because of the subject matter, not the episode, obviously, but um, did everything it needed to do for the episode. This, of course, is the episode from Hollyoaks, which is focusing on um, Teresa, Verity, and Maxine. Uh, they go for a girls' night out, and um, through different circumstances, Maxine ends up walking home on her own late at night. And the episode focuses on uh, the current situation in the real world, which is violence against women and girls. I thought the episode did a very, very good job of that, and I've picked it for best episode of the year. And that is my choice for that. And I didn't have any other contenders um, that I wrote down. Worst episode of the year is going to be... I got two contenders. Um, One of them is called Nine Lives Cat. I actually had to look up the name of the episode because I didn't know which one it was. And that is for Inside Number Nine, the seventh season that went out a couple of months ago. Uh, I can't remember. I think this is episode three or four for the season, but it's called Nine Lives Cat. Uh, And then the other contender which I've got is from American Horror Stories. Obviously not Story Season 2 because American Horror Stories Season 2 was a long time ago. Uh, But American Horror Stories... Season 2 in the episode is called Bloody Mary, and by somewhat of a margin, uh, the episode called Bloody Mary has won the worst episode for me. Um, Probably the worst episode of the season, which is saying something, because it was a very particularly bad season. Um, You know, we have to, you know, when we go through best and worst and disappointing, uh, you have to sort of pick out uh, the, the worst things, and unfortunately that is what won that and when you when you look at a cliched typical version of okay what would an episode of a horror tv show called bloody mary look like it is exactly it played out exactly the way that you thought it would it had it was fully predictable it was very disappointing um and i was glad when it was finished thus the, the glad when the season finished as well so um worst tv show season contenders I've got three contenders for this. I've got uh, Inside Number 9, Season 7 itself. 
uh, American Horror Stories Season 2 and Halo Season 1. And my winner is the one I've just talked about, which is American Horror Stories Season 2. Um, all three of which were bad in their own particular reasons. Um, the only reason... Because out of these three, I think Halo is the best one. Which, saying Halo best and season in the same sentence is something I didn't think I'd be doing. Um, but... At best, with these three seasons, um, Halo has at least got some good action in it at points. More so in the in the pilot episode, but it's, it's at least got that going for it. And that was probably the best and one of the only good things about Halo Season 1. Um, so it was between it was really between American Horror Stories Season 2 and Inside Number 9 Season 7. There was actually one episode of Inside Number 9 Season 7 that I liked. And there wasn't any episodes of American Horror Stories Season 2 that I liked. So by default, it get, it gets chosen for that. Uh, so that is, I think, the worst TV season of uh, 2022. Uh, most disappointing TV show. I'm not sure if this is going to be a surprise or not. Um, Star Trek Discovery Season 4. This was the Paramount Plus launch season. It launched as a as a box set. And I was just massively disappointed in, in the season. I, I, I wasn't considering it for worse. Because there, there was some strong stuff in that season that really, really worked quite well. But... Um, just didn't it wasn't quite good as it as good as it should have been when you look at the season's arc and particularly the season finale i thought was you know because star trek's full of mystery and all these you know discoveries and, and things like that their answer for why the thing had happened in the season i thought was just a monumental disappointment and i i, I was just baffled at, at, at the reveal of that obviously i can't talk about what that is because of spoilers but um and it was just a bit too the idea for the season was a bit too similar to the last one, but felt like a like they like they'd gone for the same idea, but just tried to refresh it, and and it it just didn't work. Like I said, there's some good stuff in there in the season, and I hope it comes back strong for season five because season three was was very good from what I remember. Um, but no, America, uh, uh, Star Trek Discovery season four, my most disappointing TV show, uh, most disappointing video game. I'm gonna go with my only contender here, which is Horizon Forbidden West. Um, again, a game that had, uh, I wouldn't put it in my worst list, um, that's why you have differences between worst and disappointing, but, uh, it just didn't quite push itself enough as I, as I thought it should. Um, one of the best aspects of the game, I do think, is Ashley Birch's performance as, as Aloy, which you will hear about in a minute. Um, I thought the, the writing towards that character, that character's story and Ashley's performance, so Aloy's character as a whole... Um, really did push forward quite well with her development and, you know, the, the woman that she turned into and that kind of stuff. I thought that was brilliant. It just didn't... Like, what what I'm looking for when you talk about video game sequels is... Okay, you've got an idea for what you made for your first game. Do less of what didn't work, more of what did. But also introduce new ideas. And they did alright with, like, the new climbing mechanic and things like that. Even though it was a bit awkward. But it just it just didn't evolve itself enough, and this was like a you know PS5 game. It, it, it straddled in this sort of like cross-gen thing, so maybe the PS4 held it back. But um, just in terms of ideas of what was put into, it, I thought it was just a bit of a disappointment. So unfortunately, that one worst game of the year. Um, I've only got one contender. I'm going to give to Nintendo Switch Sports, which I think is a pale imitation of uh Wii Sports which th this clearly tried to be the sort of hey we have our new console we have motion controller controllers you know like you did on 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 the Wii um and hey we'll put like a new version of the sports game because Wii Sports itself 
you know, um, was was a massive success. Yeah. As as was the console itself. You know, you got elderly people to play it and families, and you know, it was great. Um, I remember playing that when I was in high school, <laughs> but um, uh, but no, it just this this game just felt soulless. It felt completely soulless. And the other thing I have to knock the game for is it's got six game modes. I can't remember what they all are, but one of them is football. You can click on football if you don't have the... There's like a leg attachment that you've got to buy, which I think is like 40 quid or it's it's Nintendo, so everything's expensive. Ouch. And you can click on football. You can load it. You can't play it, though, because um, it's all motion control based. And I was, you know, swinging the Joy-Con around thinking, okay, can I get this thing to do anything? And no- nothing happened. So I don't know if there's like something in the leg holder thing for the Joy-Con that like activates something. Um, I've I've not um, got it myself, but in a way, if if you don't have that additional accessory, you get five sports instead of six, so it, it devalues the game a little bit more. And they should have just come up with an alternative, I think. So there's that. Um, best scene. I've got a couple of different contenders here. Um, running up the hill, Stranger Things. You know, bit a bit of a big moment in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do this again from Servant. Uh, which I can't describe, uh, and they are outside the window, um, servant, and the other one I've got four contenders. Kim on the bus, David. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? That particular scene uh, yeah. with Kim on the bus in Better Call Saul. My winner is I can't do this again from servant. Um, a scene that I can only vaguely vaguely describe because it is a massive spoiler to talk about that scene, uh, especially in terms of the development of the show. Um, it's you know I was, I was reading online people's opinions about the episode after and everyone was just floored and stunned that they had done what they'd done in that scene um and it was something very very unexpected um it made sense within the story that like okay you would do what you did in that scene but um a, a bit of a, a bit of a stunning thing that happened in that scene you always, you always have to be pretty vague when you're describing best scenes of the year because you can't talk about why they were so good necessarily uh, best performance. I wasn't quite sure how to do this because you got games where you got like Ashley Birch and stuff. You got TV, you got film, you got male, female. Pe- best performer. I just picked one, but I've got I've got multiple nominations. Uh, so Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, Raya Seahorn as Kim, Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy Jean Sol. Um, that's the same character. Just for those of you that don't know, he changes his name for for legal reasons throughout the show. Uh, but Jimmy Jean and Sol. Uh, Angela Bassett as Queen, uh, Queen Ramonda, Lauren Ambrose as Dorothy, and Ashley Birch as Aloy. And my winner is Lauren Ambrose as Dorothy. Um, I thought she had a stunning performance, which is saying something because uh, that that show is full of uh, great performances. It's like a very very small cast because um, most of it takes place within within a house. But um, just what they'd done with her character this season and how uh, Lauren Ambrose portrayed the uh, portrayed the character, I thought was just a stellar piece of work. Um, so, she's my choice for those. Um, worst film of the year contenders. Got Black Adam, which is now an obsolete film because it won't be continuing. Um, that doesn't mean that the film is worse. That that that, that element itself doesn't make the film worse. But uh, I put Black Adam in there. Uncharted and Death on the Nile, which I almost forgot was released, and is a hint towards my winner for this, which is Death on the Nile. It's one of them things where you know you watch... Because I can't remember when I watched this. Um, I did look up the date for this. Like the the Disney Plus release date. And it was within the last year. 
Um, but it's one of them things where you know because you can't just pick stuff from the last six months because um, you sometimes forget about things that come out the first six months of the year. And I'd come across it and I, I'd, I'd almost totally forgotten I had seen this film just because, you know, I watched it. I was, you know, thought, thought it was terrible and did my review. And then just once I clicked published and promoted it in a few places, I just put it out my brain because <laughs> it was just uh, bad, bad forgettable is... Uh, how I'd put that, I almost did, as I was looking up sort of like films for the year, I almost did give this to Uncharted, because that was going to be my sort of default choice, but then I came across Death on the Nile, and I thought, no, that was, that, that, that was worse, um, the only problem with Uncharted was, is that it shouldn't, it should have been anything but boring, and I'm surprised at how anybody made an Uncharted film, which is basically an action blockbuster video game, you know, explosions, shootouts, climbing, you know, that, that sort of action Hollywood blockbuster thing, and somehow I don't I don't even know how they did it. It was boring, which is like because when you're going to the Uncharted film, you weren't expecting like intricate writing and deep character development. You were just expecting you know Nathan and Sully to have fun treasure adventures and have it be fun. And it was very bad, I thought. So um, those are those ones. Um, I did this just before we start recording actually um, as well. Most surprising film. Um, of 2022, I'm going to put Windfall, which I'm actually going to be, I'm not going to talk about it here now, because I'm going to be bringing it up later in my, in my films list, um, so Windfall, if, for those of you who don't know, um, this is a film that was released, I think it was around this time last year, you know, those sort of late December releases, I think it was like, then, sort of January, sort of like winter holiday, uh, the, the period that we, we went through a year ago, um, it came out on Netflix, it's a really, really good film, I'll talk about it a bit more in a minute, and, um, it's just, one of those actual Netflix films that, okay, this had no promotion or, or anything like that, but it just popped up, and it has a few actors in it that I really, really like, um, and I clicked on some information, watched the trailer, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, click play on this and give it a go, and I really, really enjoyed it, so, uh, Windfall is that. Uh, most disappointing film, I debated whether I was gonna keep this in or take this out, but I wanted to have a disappointing film, I'm gonna go with The Batman, um, the only reason I'm going to go with it being disappointing, again, disappointing Disappointing doesn't mean bad, it just means I expect, I wanted this thing to be a bit better than what it was. Um, great cast, all that sort of stuff, very good story, um, good sort of like early character development for Batman, had a few little bits and pieces I didn't quite like with Batman. I just thought it was, it was just really long and very dragged out, and I do understand it's supposed to be this slow burn, you know, more detective driven story, because we're used to seeing the action side of Batman. It, and it's fine if you want to do that, like, you know, I've played the Telltale games where it's more detective-based than whatever else. The detective element of the film itself is fine, it just was too long of a film, I thought, and really just kind of was a lot, a lot longer than what it needed to be, I think, and that was the one that stuck out to me for most disappointing film. Uh, my next one, which I, I wanted to put... I wanted to put this show in here somewhere because it didn't come back this year. It's not cancelled or renewed. You might know which show I'm talking about. I put the show I miss the most. Now, there's a number of TV shows that I miss, both shows that have sort of disappeared and shows that have finished that I miss. Um, put Zoe's playlist in here for, for the show I miss the most just because, you know, it only had two seasons uh, or has only had two seasons. We don't even know sort of, okay, is it completely dead? Are they going to make another Zoe's something Christmas or whatever? Like another Roku film? We we don't know what's going on with it at all. But there was no episodes or any films in 2022. Um, I love the film that we had last year. 
uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, I think it was called. Love the first two seasons, that second season particularly. And uh, yeah, I'm, I follow a lot of the sort of fans and stuff on, on Twitter and we talk about the show and moments that we like. And we're all just really missing the show a lot. So I just wanted to put Zoe in here for something and that was the only thing that, that fit. So put that. Um, I for some reason put most underrated film Windfall. We could still count that if you want to, but I guess I wrote that for something twice. Um, it would still count for that or most surprising sort of film because that's you can you can put that in the same way uh most underrated tv show i'm going to give to c which finished its third and final season was one of these shows this year that i did a why you should watch podcast on um i think this show should be talked about in the same breath as well whether you talk about lord of the rings or power of the of the rings or whatever rings of power rather or game of thrones or house of the dragon um is it as good as those shows? I mean, at, at points, yeah, it's got some really, really great set pieces. The plot is really interesting, some great characters, and, uh, you know, it's just a really, really great show. And it probably is because it's on Apple. Um, and even though there are certain shows like Ted Lasso that's been nominated for a lot of stuff and won a lot of stuff, it's C is one of those ones that hasn't had that sort of pop yet. Well, I say yet, it's, it's finished now, so... Um, but I just, yeah, I think it's a very underrated show. Granted that I think the people that have seen it, like me and you, Dave, we've said, you know, it's a really, really brilliant show. But it's yeah. just, it, it's not seen by a lot of people. Again, probably because it's on Apple TV Plus. Again, please go and get an Apple TV Plus if you if you can. You'll likely be able to find a trial in lots of different places. Um, yes. But it's it's a really, really great show. I really like it. And I thought the finale wrapped up things really well. So I put it for that. Uh, most impactful show, I've got two nominations, which is Heartstopper and Love, Victor. And the winner I'm going to put is Love, Victor. Um, I thought both shows um, told LGBTQ stories in their own ways. Of course, one of them is very British, one of them is American. So there's some differences there. There's differences in the plot and the story and stuff. But there's still one of those very important YA um, LGBTQ plus shows that um, hopefully can do for me what it you know, hopefully can do for other people what it did for me, which is, well, help people to, to come out or to, you know, help them realize you know um it's okay to be you know lgbtq and to show those characters and you know to have that representation it's, it's very very important um i thought both shows were excellent really enjoyed both shows um but i'm just gonna pick Lo uh, love victor for this uh moving on to some football stuff uh worst player and best player this is for manchester united not for england because <laughs> uh none of the england team is really that great um worst player i'm gonna pick ronaldo which isn't something I ever thought I would say. Um, just disrupted the team this year. Um, you could see also in a specific football uh, element. He just got to that point this season. So from August onwards where you started to notice he got a bit slower than what he was before. And still can score goals. You know, still can do stuff. Um, but just didn't fit into what Man United were trying to do. I felt he let the team down at certain points. And then, of course, he did that Piers Morgan interview. And his main United career went up in flames. Um, so, yeah. But both both for outside of football reasons and football reasons as well. Um, and he's, he's he's not at the club anymore. His contract has been terminated. Um, he hasn't currently got a football club. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what he does. But, yeah, I, I picked Ronaldo for that. And then best player is uh, somebody who was in the Argentina uh, winning team, which is Martinez, Lissandro Martinez. You might have seen him in the team the other day uh, at the World Cup final when they beat uh, France for a dramatic game. Lissandro Martinez is uh, a centre-back. He also plays for Manchester United, a uh, very recent new signing. 
that has completely transformed Man United's defence and has dethroned, in a way, Harry Maguire, uh, which is what was needed to happen. So, uh, big credit to him. He's a fantastic player. And uh, they all said, when he came to the Premier League, all the, all the pundits said, you know, oh, he's too short. He won't be able to win any headers in the air. It's not a problem. It's not a problem at all for him. So, And then, bouncing off the back of that, uh, my biggest disappointment for the year is the World Cup. Um, just because of the nature of just everything surrounding the World Cup. And also I put uh, forward slash England not winning it, which I don't think anybody expected England to win it, but it's still disappointing that it didn't happen yet again. Um, apparently Gareth Southgate has had his contract extended, which is interesting. Uh, I've only got a few more of these left to go. Um, personal highlight of the year. So my actual personal highlight, which still includes things within entertainment, um, is my interview with Angus McLean is my highlight of this year um it was a surprising thing that happened um you know if i never sent him that that tweet on twitter and then various messages um between him and pixar and other people uh it might not have happened but yeah i interviewed a director of a toy story film which is just is still just something i haven't gotten over and uh yeah my, my, my only worry during the interview was if zoom was gonna break or not because it wasn't working that <laughs> great um oh, yes. yeah oh. yeah yeah, and uh, th- throughout the entire call, there was this little message in there saying, hey, your connection is weak. And I was like, no, you can't tell me that right now. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a really brilliant interview to, to do, and I'm, I'm uh, very happy that it happened. Uh, just a couple, just two more things to go. Um, best comeback. This might seem like a weird one to choose. I'm going to pick Manchester United. Um, just, you know, the, the, the post... The Ten Hag era that we that we've had, um, I think he's massively improved certain things. There's still things that need to be improved and need to be fixed. Not everything is completely under his control because he doesn't own the club and all that sort of stuff. He he can only do what he can do with with the players that he's got. Um, but he broke up the midfield partnership of McFred, which is McTominay and Fred. Dropped Nogueira, um, started changing a few things within the team. Gave us some actual decent tactics. And we started winning a few games, which was really, really good. So um, that's my best comeback. And then my moment of the year, which I've chosen, um, is the England's women team, which is the Lionesses, winning the 2022 Euros. This was, this was back in the summer. I think Beth Mead has been nominated for uh, the personality of the, of the year, sports personality of the year, which is really, really good. Um, but that was a really great moment. And that, for me, is the first time I've ever seen England win anything because you know I wasn't alive in 66 so um I can't believe it that last time England won the World Cup was 1966 that was Star Wars wasn't even around back then (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah but uh yeah that is my that is my moment of the year so those are all my individual choices which was quite a lot of stuff but um Gray we'll go over to you first what are your individual choices that are similar to these ones Oh, my lists will compa- uh, will pale in comparison to your own. Um, but yeah, I've done a few single lists. Um, I've got a couple of disappointments um, and I've got some best actor and best actresses. Would they be a good time to do those now as well, Matt? Yeah. My singular lists, uh, I've got two films which were major disappointments for me. The first one was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I'm not, I know that's probably going to be on a lot of people's lists, a disappointing film. Um, even from the very start, I felt really discombobulated. I didn't know where they were going with the plot and I just felt it was really hurried through. They tried to do too much. They changed the genre. They played around with the genre. And overall, I was I was really disappointed and it wasn't the Marvel that I'd grown to love over the, the many, many, many years. <clears throat> Another disappointing film 
and I know this probably goes against your own taste, Matt, a little bit, is Lightyear. Um, I really struggled with Lightyear. I felt it was a hard sci-fi film trying to be crammed into um, a lovely little children's film, and I don't think it worked. I think that it was just a little bit too serious and didn't properly um, sort of do what I feel it wanted to do. I feel they could have simplified the story um and they could have made it a little bit more fun um and yeah it was quite long as well i felt there was just too long for that film and it was a little bit boring after a while so those are my disappointing films of the year um and my disappointing tv shows of the year um and they're slightly for different reasons the first one is Catherine tate's hard sell Uh, I was a huge fan of Catherine Tate and grew up on her comedy and really appreciated what she did. And, you know, then her stint on Doctor Who really quite, you know, appreciated what she did there. I don't know what she was going for with Hard Sell. It just didn't hit the right beats. It wasn't very funny. It wasn't engaging. I don't know. You know, I know Netflix throw a lot of money and we've had the problem with netflix this year but it was something i think completely missed the boat and she's missed the boat on her comedy and i think she probably has to scale it back and think about what she wants to do for sort of her next project in my mind mm-hmm. another one a disappointment a netflix show right on oh, yes it was yeah netflix right, it was all yeah. based in a prison where she played the many of the different characters mm-hmm. yeah. um <clears throat> my, my next disappointment film is a way they approach the text and then how it is ceremoniously axed without them really completing the text is time traveler's wife. Um, I saw, I liked elements of it. I liked some of the performances and Theo James and the way it was approached, but axed on real, what, what felt like a bit of a cliffhanger. We're never going to reveal it. They didn't really, I, I don't feel they've attacked the text in the right way. I like the book. I like one of the, the original film with Eric Bernard. And so it, overall, I was really disappointed that I'm never going to get closure on it. Um, I didn't know what they might have done with with season two. So that's a really disappointing one for me. Um, and the third disappointing show is Human Resources, which is the spin-off of Big Mouth on Netflix, which is animation. It wasn't needed. It isn't needed. Um, and actually, I'm getting to a point where I think Big Mouth is too many seasons in to be funny. When you've got things like Solar Opposites doing things slightly better and slightly funnier... Mm. human resources was it was trying to do things that i'm seeing in solar opposites but less successfully so <clears throat> huge great talented voice cast across human resources brought over from big mouth and even more brought in but i just found myself switching off going on my phone looking elsewhere counting down the minutes of the episodes every time i came to it so those are my three disappointing tv shows of the year Obviously, there are no gamings in my list. There's no games. Um, as you know, I'm not I'm not a gamer. Um, I'm going to now talk about my best actor and best actresses. And some of these will feed into some of my lists a bit later. Um, but my three favourite actors are all from TV this year. The first one is a fantastic Papa Essiedu. Um We first came across him, uh, his big break, even though he'd been in things before, was from I May Destroy You a couple of years back. But he's had two fantastic projects this year and they actually aired at very similar times that you as a viewer could have been watching Papa I Say do over about 12 weeks back to back as the Lazarus Project where he was the central role and series two of The Capture came on screen at the same time. Um, and, he was, and, and each role is phenomenal. And, it, and then you think back to the character he played in I May Destroy You. He's such a talented actor. So he, he makes it to my list this year. Um, my next actor uh, from the Apple TV Plus show Bad Sisters. Now, it's not I know it's probably not hugely seen, but the reason why I'm saying this actor is because he plays such a vile character 
and that is Clay Spang. Um, some people call him Clash Bang, but his name is Clash Bang. <laughs> um, he plays the husband of Anne-Marie Duff's character, and the, wa- the reason why he's getting a nomination is he is just vile. He, on the screen, makes every uh, a viewer despise him about how horrendous he is, the way he treats people, uh, the way he treats women, the women, how he gaslights, he manipulates. I mean, it's all perfect for the plot, but the, what he's done is really good. And you'll see him popping up in other things. Those people who, who like the outlaws on BBC know that Clay Spang also appeared in there. Obviously brings a, a brilliant role there. He was originally our Dracula about yes, three years ago on BBC. That. Yeah. So, um, you know, very relatively new when he came to that in terms of us knowing him as a popular actor. Yeah. But what he's done this year, I think, is, is really good. Um, and another villainous actor that I'm going to put up there with my top three is the fantastic Anthony Starr. Um, who obviously stars in The Boys um, as Homelander. Mm-hmm. Um, just, again, I think when you've got a good actor that can make you visibly feel repulsed when you see the character on screen, <laughs> I think that's really fantastic. And Anthony Starr, again, gets it for me for his absolutely brilliant portrayal of Homelander in The Boys. Um going to move over to my best actresses i don't know what it says about me but um most of my be- all my best actresses are mainly known for their comedy roles um but obviously they bring in some sort of brevity in some of their acting as well so we've got daisy may cooper obviously well known for her comedy roles but i'm gonna be putting her in there mainly for am i being unreasonable absolutely fantastic we would call it a sitcom classified as a comedy all over i play you'll see it as classed as a comedy but the delivery she gives in there is a, a really tormented um sort of of mother and sort of wife is absolutely fantastic and the twist you see in the later episodes just show how fantastic and nuanced she is and then she's got that brilliant comedy side to her um and in a similar breath, Rose Matafeo takes a second role and known as a comedy, won the Edinburgh Comedy Festival about four years ago. Uh, brilliant on Taskmaster. But then she appears um, in her own sitcom, Starstruck. It's just fantastic. It's really well balanced. You wouldn't know that she's a stand up. You know, she has that balance being able to do comedy and acting. And, it, and it's got a real genuine sort of delivery for her lines as well. And then we're go across to america to do my other two and the first one is jennifer coolidge um or should i say emmy award-winning jennifer coolidge finally won an award this year um but for her role um in white lotus uh which season two came out earlier this year i just think it's fantastic she's an icon for many years uh from paying stifler's mum back in the american pie films mm-hmm. uh right through to legally blonde um and then a couple of years ago in the netflix film single all the way um she's an absolutely great icon for lgbtq plus community and what she just did in the last season of um white lotus was fantastic and well deserved that she won that award and then my final actress and i, I think i know that dave will probably agree with me here is Jean smart from hacks um yes absolutely brilliant what she can do with with lines and delivery and that's the flip side she's an actress and she's playing a comedian and, and she does it so well um and this the particular i haven't done an episode this year for you matt but an absolutely particularly great episode and i know i talked about it with dave when i'd watched it was the cruise ship episode 
where yeah. she finds herself on a cruise ship and most of the cruise ship is full of lesbians and she goes into some of her delivery and it oh it is brilliant it's absolutely fantastic singular episode um and, and she almost gets herself cancelled while on a cruise ship um and, but you know she's done brilliantly hacks we've, we've literally had two seasons coming to us this year even though the previous season hit america um last year i believe and we were a bit late before it got to us yeah but yeah she is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so those are my singular ones um so i've done my disappointments uh, my best actor and best actress um all my favorites now are going to be waiting till we get to the list in a little bit time so cool cool uh david what is your uh individual selections I don't have anywhere near as many as you guys. Um, so uh, I, w- I will do have a few most disappointing, um, most disappointing game by far for me, uh, which is, is funny because it's probably on most people's best game list. Elden Ring. Um, I hate it. <laughs> really did not like that game at all. It really is just trying too hard. Um, and it's an RPG. And when you comes to RPGs, I want them to be a story I can really get into. You know, I love things like, you know, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, those sort of games where there's a rich story, even Skyrim, you know, that sort of thing where you can get invested in the story. I really struggled getting into any of them ring. Um, I, I, I actually, um, I, I think I played... I don't know, five hours of it or something. And then I'd actually ended up refunding it because it, it just, it just didn't hit with me at all. And um, I didn't really enjoy the combat particularly much. It, it was, I found myself dying quite a lot, which was just really annoying and just very frustrating game throughout. So uh, Elden Ring is probably my most disappointing game. I'm sure that, well, there are a lot of people out there that absolutely love it and say it's brilliant. Um, great if you're enjoying it that's wonderful i just it just didn't land with me at all um most disappointing tv show i really struggled with this but i felt i should pick something if you twisted my arm book of boba fett i think is probably the thing i'd put in there um Mm. partly Mm. because i mean for a start half of it or you know there's a good sort of four episodes which basically aren't boba fett it's it's mandalorian 2.5 and i mean i know they did say it was sort of mandalorian 2.5 but it it is literally there are episodes which don't don't have boba fett in them and are just like i think two of the episodes are just purely mandalorian episodes so uh, which were great and i enjoyed those but it just showed up the rest of the boba fett bit as not being as good and I didn't hate it, you know. I I enjoy them building out that world. It's just a little bit disappointing how they handled that character, you know. Um, and so the, you've got this odd juxtaposition of having an Obi Wan series which sees him off Tatooine, where as far as we knew up until now, Obi Wan had been on Tatooine and looking out for Luke, and that's what he'd been doing. So you've got this Obi Wan series where he's off flying around the galaxy. And then you've got this Boba Fett series where it's just all set on Tatooine and he's a bounty hunter who should be flying around the galaxy. So there was just a weird sort of plot thing going on with those two shows. Um, So not a bad series, 
just slightly disappointing, I think I would say with that. Um, on the film side, uh, it's Marvel again, but I'm going for a different Marvel film. I'm going for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, Taika, I love and um, you know, I have a lot of respect for him. He's got some great stuff, but I think he needed to rein it in a bit on that movie. Um, there was way too much comedy. Uh, all the stuff with him talking to the you know, and, and this sort of jealousy thing between the the weapons and him kind of treating them like lovers. It, it just too much, you know that. Something like Ant-Man, um, the Ant-Man films that balance that comedy element out well with a good amount of action and don't sort of pull you out of it. Great. Thor Love and Thunder just went full on comedy and base and picked a story to do where you've got one of the lead characters dying throughout the entire film. And it's just a very weird story to pick and put a comedy, a massive comedy element into. It's, it's. I, I really struggled with what he was trying to do with that, and um, I don't think it worked at all. And Thor Ragnarok, I thought was superb. You know that balanced it out really well, but this one, I, I think it was too much, and um, that is really why i would go for that as being my most disappointing film uh as i said before we came on i've not seen many films this year so there are going to be things that are technically in my top seven because i've seen seven movies this year i really <laughs> need to go and watch more films but um the, there are things that are going to be in there that in that list just because those are the movies i've seen this year but um yeah that is certainly my most disappointing um best cancelled show uh which I'm actually, um, I can't remember what you called it, Gray, but uh, I, I'm sort of with Gray on this. Uh, Time Traveler's Wife, yeah. I also picked here. Um, I I know it seemingly didn't find a big enough audience for HBO. Um, I'm just, I was really gutted that they cancelled that because it was a really interesting take. I'd not seen the original film. I've not read the books. As a TV show, I found it, I knew the premise of it was really quite interesting. Um, and I know it was a different take to the source material, but what he did with it, it was perfect for Stephen Moffat. It had that right level of uh, levity to it, uh, you know, as well as bar balancing out a couple of very interesting characters in this really unique situation Uh where you know the time traveler is sort of disappearing and popping up at different points in the in the, uh, the girl's life it it's a really good cast i thought it was put together really well um i don't know why it didn't find an audience but i thought that was a superb tv series and i'm very very sorry that that's not coming back for another season uh, I would say a special note to uh, Warrior Nun, which I haven't watched the second season of, but I was kind of gutted yeah. that that hasn't been uh, picked up again for uh, a third season. Um, I don't know how the second season ends. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I will maybe go and try and watch the second season of that. But uh, I thought the first season was great. So I'm I'm kind of disappointed that that got cancelled and the fact that it got cancelled so quickly because mm. it had only been out like a month or something and Netflix, the all 
all-knowing algorithm at Netflix suddenly decided that that was the one that was going to be cancelled. So, um, yeah, those are my sort of best cancelled shows. Um, I have a couple of best moments as well, which were, were just specific little bits, which these are kind of spoilery, but the the specific little bits on a couple of shows. Uh, one would be Doctor Who. The uh, the last Doctor Who, um, you know, I I love Jodie in that role. I'm I wish she had some better writing, um, but the regeneration sequence at the end of that, which I, I I mean I know this is a spoiler, but I'm sure everybody knows at this point. She regenerates into David Tennant, um, and we knew it was coming because it had been rumoured and it was everywhere but the fact that they actually did it and we're going to get David Tennant back as a doctor uh, and the reaction that he gave it was just wonderful that and it sort of has me quite hyped for the um, specials that are coming next year and also for Shooty Gatwell coming in after him as well because you know they've announced a new doctor but we've got these three specials from David Tennant in before then so I'm very much looking forward to him returning to it and I thought how they sort of introduced it and they did the regeneration was wonderful so uh, there's that the other particular moment uh, I would also agree with you um, Matt on the the running up that hill moment of uh, Stranger Things that was certainly in there as well Um, but the fourth wall breaking in She-Hulk particularly in the final episode that just oh, wow. yeah. mental mental final episode which uh, I'm not going to go into detail but I mean she breaks the fourth wall throughout the entire thing and talks directly to the camera to the audience and there are some beautiful one <laughs> liners in there uh, there's a, a line about Matt Murdock which just really made me laugh <laughs> and, and, and um, I, I really enjoyed that series throughout. Um, I know it had a very mixed reaction, but the fact that a lot of the criticism it was getting about uh, was was from people which the show is mocking in the first place. I, That's I funny. love that. It, yeah. was, it became the whole thing becomes so kind of meta. Um, it's it's really good, really really good tv series uh i very much enjoyed that this year and uh i i think it's probably out of the marvel ones it's i you know i i like that i like um the uh, uh um oh the names escape me what else have we had this year moon. um moon knight yes i really like moon knight as well which is wonderfully weird but um yeah she hulk i just for the more i sit and think about it the more i i feel i enjoyed that show a lot so uh i'm i'm hoping they bring more of that back and uh it was really fun um i love tatiana Slaney. i think she's fantastic and this is a great role for her and uh yeah but the the fourth wall breaking particularly in the final episode that whole final episode is one of the best bits of tv i've seen in a very long time i just just for being wonderfully strange and weird and just throwing everything at it and just great so um yeah those those were my best moments of uh, tv this year so uh, i think that's that's all my best like individual bit 
so cool. we can move on to the lists. Cool, excellent. Uh, just before we do actually do that, I just want to run through some quick uh, housekeeping because it's the last podcast for the year and that, and then I'll mention uh, again what we're doing on January 1st. So we'll take a break here just for a second, do some housekeeping, and then we'll come back and crack into our games list first. So we'll see you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K, UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link hi there if you'd like to get rid of the ads in entertainment talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes we've got good news for you there as well you can subscribe to entertainment talk at either the five dollar level tier or ten dollar level tier the five dollar level tier will get you access to all of entertainment talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for if you also subscribe to us at the ten dollar level tier that will get you that benefit that i've just mentioned and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a tv show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, did another DC Talk episode. This one was, of course, talking about everything that's happened in the world of DC over the last week or so, including Henry Cavill being out again as Superman, uh, interesting stuff going on with Lobo, and just generally talking about DC's uncertain future, which it might work out, but it might not, but we don't know. That's why I called it an uncertain future. Uh, me, Robert, and David uh, yeah, Robert and David did a TV season review. This one was for Welcome to Wrexham. Gave it a strong must-see rating. This is, of course, the documentary because uh, two actors called uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds bought Wrexham, and then they did a documentary. 
which you can watch on FX in the US and Star on Disney Plus in the UK, which is very, very good. Uh, did a Don't Skip review. This one was for Dead to Me Season 3, the uh, third and final season. Um, so we did a spoiler-free, spoiler-split review for that. Uh, Gaming Talk as well, the one that we, we most recently did the last one for the year, was talking about the Game of the Year winners, which Elden, Elden Ring won uh, Game of the Year, uh, and lots of other different categories. Talked about some acquisition trouble, because the FTC is suing Microsoft for trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Don't know how that's going to go, but we'll see. And also talked about the reveal of Crash Team Rumble, which is the spiritual successor to Crash Bash, uh, which is the Crash Bandicoot party game from PS1. But this is a new take on it. It's not a remake or a, a remaster of Crash Bash. It's a new game, but it's going to be a party game for Crash Bandicoot. Uh, speaking of other little films and special presentations and stuff, I did a must-see review for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday, holiday special, which is sort of a bridge between uh, 2 and 3. Of course, we're going to get Guardians of the Galaxy 3 next year. Uh, a couple of weeks ago as well, we did uh, me and David did a series wrap-up for The Walking Dead. Not for the franchise, there's multiple other spin-offs coming, but the main show itself that we've been watching for a lot of time has now finished, so we did our series wrap-up. That was after we reviewed the series finale. Uh, so there's all that. Speaking of games as well, I did a Don't Skip review for God of War Ragnarok, so that you can go and check that that one out. Uh, our actual review for Season 11, Episode 24 for The Walking Dead, so the series finale episode review. And that is pretty much everything I've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Alright, now we're going to get into, let me scroll down, scroll down, into games. Uh, so this is where Grey doesn't have games in his list because he doesn't play video games so it's going to be me and david for this part um david i shall let you go first what are your choices for the best games or annual game of the year for 2022 okay i've got um five games on my list although i would like to give a special mention to a couple of other things uh Mm -hmm. stranded alien dawn which was a uh early access game this year so it's not a full release yet but um really solid um you know i like building games um it's a really solid sort of um building game in the style of uh some of the um things like surviving mars and that sort of stuff where you place buildings down and stuff um really really enjoyed that uh it's, it's very early days yet but they've produced a game which is um really solid out the gate and the mechanics all work really well they're slowly adding more stuff in but i'm very interested to see how that goes and that's stranded alien dawn uh satisfactory which is inching towards its full release which is probably going to come for 1.0 next year but that's been in early access for about three or four years now but um it's almost there i can spend hours building factories in that game it's fantastic Mm -hmm. i love that game so much and uh, also Planet Zoo as well, which just continues to go from strength to strength. And they're adding stuff in in free updates every time. They're adding more and more animals in. I mean, the size of zoos you can create with the amount of animals these time is absolutely insane to the point of your computer probably won't run it without falling over. So uh, that those have been some of the games that I've been playing quite a lot of. Um, but they're games that have been out for a while. I mean, I'm also still playing Civ Six and all that sort of stuff. So, you know... Um, out of the newer games that were released this year at number five i put grounded which again is another game that was in early access but it did have its 1.0 release this year and i hadn't actually been and played the early access version that i didn't jump in until the 1.0 release came out uh if you don't know grounded it is basically but as a video game so um 
it's the the little sort of strap line for it says the world is a vast and dangerous place especially when you've been shrunk to the size of an ant can you survive alongside hordes of hordes of giant insects fighting to survive the perils of a backyard so you're basically a bunch of kids that have been like um shrunk down and you're in somebody's backyard and uh there's sort of various little experimentation pods that have been set up and you've got to go and collect resources and kind of discover how you ended up there and what the story is so there's a there's a bit of a story arc to go with it as well but that's really good fun and uh, again it is a sort of building game but there's a bit more combat stuff in there as well but i really enjoyed playing through that so uh, i'm still playing around with that um Two Point Campus is the one I've got at number four. Two Point Campus is the follow-up to Two Point Hospital. Again, another building game. Um, this is uh, one where you build a university and uh, each level has a slightly different sort of um, set up to it so some are sort of sports based universities so you've got to set up sports fields some are based around sort of witchcraft some are based around you know tech so there's lots of different things it's they're wonderfully um well thought through graphics and it's a really good engine and uh, it does feel very much like two-point hospital but sort of a improved version of it you know they've built on what they learned last time and uh transformed it into this sort of hospital into this um school setting so uh really good fun and well worth playing through my number three game is return to monkey island uh i grew up on these games one of the first games i really sort of played on the amiga i think was probably a monkey island game i mean i had a spectrum before then you know so i've been playing games for since i was about five years old but um one of the first sort of big rpg games that i played was the monkey island series and this is um the i think third game by ron gilbert who was the original creator of the franchise um so it, it's it's him stepping back into it he's got a wonderfully strange sense of humor and it feels very much like those early games it is a point and click adventure um you play Guybrush Threepwood again, who uh, starts off by he's sort of explaining his old adventures to his children. And then you get a sort of wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing and you're back in the Monkey Island. And it is very much the sort of classic point and click adventure game. And uh, I just loved playing through that. It's got the same wonderful humour as the uh, original games did. And if you are a fan of those originals, if you want some nostalgia value, it's well worth picking up Return to Monkey Island. It's brilliant. Um, my number two game is Expeditions, Expeditions Rome, which is the third game in the Expedition series. I've not played the first two, but this one uh, is a, it's a they're all turn based RPGs. This one is obviously set in Rome. Um, and uh, I really like this as a sort of hasn't really interesting narrative story to it. Um, it's, as it said, turn based RPGs. So um it's not like twitch combat of any description you're you sort of playing them out almost like chess pieces as you sort of move your character around and you've got to work out sort of where to shoot people and all that sort of stuff uh so you have a little party that you you go in and um as you get into sort of different stories and different missions you're trying to take over areas of uh and build the sort of roman empire um really good story very very enjoyable um 
some interesting different little changes. I've not played a game quite like that before, and uh, I think it's a really interesting take on the turn-based RPG. So um, definitely would recommend that. And the number one game is that I have is a, a wonderful, weird, off-the-wall little game called Unpacking, which describes itself as a Zen puzzle game. And it is sort of a puzzle game, um, but the entire premise of it is you are unpacking um, somebody's belongings uh, initially in one room and then through various rooms of a house. And what I love about it is this, it's completely unique. It's um, got pic- really nice sort of pixel graphics. You are just taking things out of this box, them on shelves and things in the room. And you can sort of lay them out how you like, uh, apart from certain things have to be, there's certain objects that need to be in particular places, and that's sort of how you beat the puzzle. But um, it has a narrative to it, and there are, are no, there's no sort of text, there's some quite zen music, but there's no kind of real audio to guide you. You are getting all your narrative pointers from the stuff that's in the boxes and the rooms that you are unpacking so you are going through this person's life and you know it starts off with a child's bedroom and then it's sort of a teenager's bedroom and then they're off to university so you're unpacking their university bedroom but you then go to sort of marriages and divorces and as you see her go through and you it actually kind of tugs at your heartstrings that you know, you suddenly let you go, great, I've unpacked this, you know, all happy and there's this house. And then suddenly you're sort of unpacking a house back at their parents or, you know, the, it, it's just a really clever way of telling this story without giving you huge amounts of information for it. And I, I think it's genius. It's not particularly long. It's fairly cheap. I don't know whether it's on consoles, but you can get it off Steam for i don't know it's about nine ten pounds it's not very expensive at all but it is a beautiful little indie game and uh well well worth picking up i mean it won't take you very long to get through but it is just stunning so that is my game of the year awesome nice uh yeah i do you play like totally different games to me which is uh mm-hmm. interesting from the list so um yeah i was kind of wondering like okay what what is what is david's number one going to be and then you said unpacking <laughs> which you you put on the uh geek town uh awards list and i was like oh yeah that one that one so yeah um i've got a top five and three honorable mentions um stray is my first honorable mention which is this very cute little cat game which came out in the summer um yeah. i think what did it win at the game was it was best indie game or something like that there was, there was i think so yeah so um a game that's got no dialogue but does all of its storytelling through the world and through um kind of like world building and sort of what these robots are doing in the world and it it, it does sort of tell you you know how things happened and the ending is really really great and all that and also tells us a bit of a has a bit of an interesting message about sort of the state of the world and and that kind of thing um there is a dedicated meow button which uh, you, you do use for certain excellent things. Uh, which I you think you just press circle. I don't know what it is on, on other things, but you press circle and your cat meows and you can do it to your heart's content, which is great. Uh, I thought the animations were really good. I thought the uh, 
puzzle solving, puzzle solving was really great um and i yeah it, it's just a really great little game and um yeah i very much enjoyed that sifu is another one of my honorable mentions um i'm very glad that this was a case where the developers listened and they added an easy mode uh to this game or an easier mode um i remember when i played this game when it came out and it was just that little bit too tough i was like okay i really like this game it's really great but i just can't get a handle on it because it it was just that bit too tough and like an irritating amount of tough um, and then they added an easy mode and I was still getting hit and I still died now and again and things like that. But I actually put more effort into like, okay, there's a number of combos. The game's a bit more approachable, a bit more accessible. I started learning a few combos and then the game just really kicked on. So if they hadn't made that change, I might not have even finished the game. Um, so credit to the to developers uh, for doing that and uh, they're, they're updating this game quite a lot actually as well i don't have it installed right now but there's there's like loads and loads of different things you can do so um that that's also a sort of credit to, to, to the developers for um instead of just being like hey get good at our game or don't play it kind of thing um they were like hey yeah we should listen to our community and uh, make a few changes and stuff so that was really really great another one of my honorable mentions is lego star wars the skywalker saga which when i initially finished it that was my game of the year at that point but that was back in april or whenever that was or maybe it was may or something um yeah change the formula for, for the lego games which was a, a very good idea i think the format and the formula for those games was getting a bit stale mm-hmm. um it was still fun to go through and you know smash things up as your favorite characters whether it be the dc games marvel star wars whatever um but this sort of did a more actual third person approach instead of sort of like this fixed camera in each room and you sort of play it like that um a few things that were a bit unnecessary like the cover system is completely unnecessary but you can use it if you want to um you basically go through the skywalker saga which obviously is the name of it um which is all nine films and that sort of stuff they they did add i think a season pass or something and you can play like you know mandalorian and boba fett and you can you can do like the free roam stuff where you travel to different planets and that sort of stuff so that was really great um but it just it, it was a great package of games um really good to a good way to sort of go through and you know live those nostalgic moments and everything and change the format up for the lego games so that was very very good um as well uh cracking into my top five my number five is disney's dreamlight valley which um i, I think it's got a 1.0 version right now but i've, been, I've, pl- I've played enough of it to, to put it on this list essentially what this is is kind of animal crossing but with a disney plus um not disney plus <laughs> disney plus yes. uh disney dreamlight valley uh disney sort of a uh, coat on it it is just disney and pixar well at least at the moment they, they could change it later who knows but at the moment it's disney and pixar characters Essentially, the idea is Dreamlight Valley itself, which is where you play the game, um, got taken over by darkness and night thorns, and it's your job as the special, you know, um, just the, you're the special person. You, you get to create your own character, uh, so whatever you know, gender and color and you know whatever you want, and you can put like different clothes on them and that sort of stuff. You unlock a bunch of different clothes as you go throughout the games. I think you could put like glasses and hats and earrings, and I, I can't remember how deep it is, but you can customize it quite a lot and essentially your goal is to first of all kind of clear dreamlight valley which you meet as it merlin the, the name of the wizard yes. that you meet at the start yeah he, he's the one that's sort of the, the one that's helping you and you go and you save or you free a bunch of the disney characters so the mickey mouse family that they recently added toy story you've got beauty and the beast lilo and stitch um all that type of stuff uh you've got 
Uh, also, you've got Moana is is in there. You've got uh, Wally as well, and they're they're just keeping on adding characters as it goes through. I think the most recent additions they added Buzz and Woody, uh, which is which is brilliant, uh, and then added Stitch, and then they added Scar. Um, I am at the point where because I got to a point where okay, I played like loads of it, and I thought okay, I'm going to wait until they put out the um, Toy Story uh, story expansion because we knew that was coming th- this year. Uh, so now is the point where once I finish with what I'm doing at the moment. I'm going to go back to it. But it's it's a really, really great game. And you just have these nice little moments where you'll be fishing or gardening or whatever. And like Mickey Mouse will run over to you and say hello. And he'll do his own bit of fishing. Or you do missions for each of the characters. And it is grindy. But that's part of like mm-hmm. keeping you in the world and keeping you interacting with, with, with the characters. But whenever you're doing something like um, mining or gardening or cooking or fishing... Um, which are usually things in games that I play that I don't do because I play, you know, platformer games and shooter games and th- these sorts of things. So I don't usually do that type of stuff. I, d- I don't usually play these types of games. Um, this is like more the you know the building games and stuff that you sort of play, David. Um, yeah. But uh, even while you're doing those things, you can have Kristoff or Mickey Mouse or whoever like with you, and you level them up, and then they'll unlock new stuff, and it's just a really fun experience. So that's my my uh, number five. My number four is a Plague Tale Rec Room, which I did only finish very recently. Absolutely fantastic game. Um, I think it did what a sequel should do, which is improve on the first game, add some new mechanics. The story, which I can't get into really does just go for it and i absolutely implored the studio development studio for going where they went with the story and not doing a sort of like now nah, we're not going to do that sort of thing because the story tries to do this thing where you get told throughout the game of like okay this thing might happen and then and then you think as a gamer like nah it's, nah you're not going to do that you, you, games don't do that sort of thing um quite often and it's like oh no we we might do that and you're like nah you're not going to do that and then they may or may not do it. Um, I'm being very vague about what it is anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I applaud what they did with the story. Um, and the, the gameplay, I thought, just had all the... Like, every single time I unlocked a new mechanic, it's like, you can now do this with this to affect this and do this to the guards. Every single time I went, oh, that's a cool idea. And then started using it. And then that clicks into your sort of options for gameplay. Um, and the way that you can... Um, just a small little mechanic you can do is if there's a guard walking around with a torch, you can extinguish it and get the rats to attack that guard. And it's very, very satisfying to do. I think that's one of the newer things that you can do. Um, and it just... Every time they had a new mechanic, it was it made sense. It was great. And uh, the story, I think, is very, very powerful as well, which also goes along with the, 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 the uh, performances and the set pieces as well were absolutely ridiculous in, in, in a really good way. The, the amount of rats they get on screen at one point and like buildings are crumbling and you're running and it's high intense, high stakes. It was, it was fantastic. Um, my number three is one that you would um, have possibly assumed I'd put a number two or number one, but I have my, my reasons. My number three is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Now, this is very different to um, any of the games on this list because this is a live service ongoing multiplayer game which has got a lot on it. Now in terms of the actual gameplay itself, which is the most important thing, the gunplay, sounds, animation, haptic feedback, 3D audio, top class a- across the board. I was playing a bit of it earlier and doing things like because players you know, run around like headless chickens and you can hear them running because that's how footstep audio works and then tracking players in this game or using audio or like listening out for stuff and sort of like the way that you can play this game is 
just amazing and, and coupled that together with that how great the gunplay is and the animations for the guns and the sound design it's amazing um the campaign the story isn't quite so great as the as modern warfare 19 the character development however is i would say the best in the franchise which this franchise has been active since 2007 um so uh i i was really delighted with it it didn't feel like oh you're just playing as just a soldier who's just you know shoot shoot bang bang it was no these are soldiers but they're they're humans and here's a bit more of their personality and they brought back some legacy characters introduced some new ones and they're all really memorable characters and everything so really enjoyed that the reason i'm not putting it putting it higher and this this isn't a direct fault of the game this is more just things surrounding the game activision are trying to add too many things to this game um this this year in this game you've got campaign multiplayer which has got multiple game modes warzone 2.0 co-op and dmz now campaign is a one and done thing that doesn't need to be updated or, or whatever but all of those other game modes have got to be updated with new stuff added new stuff new you know camos and skins and you know updated new game modes it's to and I've spoken before about Activision's um, studio mismanagement. I think it's showing with with this game. I, I I don't know why you're adding so many game modes to this game. Um, it's just stretching things a bit too thin. And we're in season season mid season one, like a mid season one update. And some players some players are pointing out like, okay, you're going a bit thin with how much you're adding to the multiplayer. That's because they're adding to Warzone and DMZ and new. They introduce like raids as well. And it's just, you're trying to just too much, do too many things with this game. Um, so it's not a de- detriment to the quality of the game, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a quality of life sort of thing as well. Uh, my number two is going to be uh, the game which won um, Best VR Game at the Game Awards this year. I was going to put this as the most underrated game, and then I remembered, I can't really put a game on un- underrated game when it won in its category at the Game Awards. So it, even though not many people have played this apparently... Um, it, and it did win best VR AR game at the Game Awards, which is great. It still is a little bit underrated. That's Moss Book Two, uh, or Moss Chapter Two, Moss Book Two. Um, did exactly what it needed to do for a sequel. Um, kept the stuff that worked really, really well. And again, this was this is a similar situation to Plague Tale, where you've got a sequel, and um, th- this is less about the mechanics they introduced and more about the things and the mechanics they introduced. And this is a different variant. You've got, you know, a VR game here. So that's got, like, some different elements to it. And they do things with gravity in this game. They do things with puzzle and um, combat mechanics. Sometimes in the same thing with the same enemies. And, again, this was another situation where they introduced something new. And I thought, that's really cool. Um, Whether it would be a puzzle element or a combat element or, or whatever it would be... um, Every time they introduce something new and then they get into this gravity stuff and you're in VR and your view throughout this entire game is essentially... So imagine you're in VR and you're looking into like a dollhouse-sized sort of thing. That That's what Moss sort of looks like. And again, that element played out really well. Like, like the, the size of things and the details of things. And like Moss is really, really small and it's, it's very cute and everything. Um, I thought they did a fantastic job with this game and I'm so happy it won something at the at the Game Awards. So... And my number one, um, yeah, it's it's my list, so I can pick remakes. Is Last of Us Part One remake, uh, which is again from Naughty Dog. 
so the story with this is of course 2013 you had the last of us one come out on ps3 it was the swan song for ps3 the last game then the year after uh in 2014 they made the remastered version for ps4 which was a remaster but was also sort of hey we have a ps4 out now and we struggle to put ps3 games on the 4 so we're gonna remaster this game so people can play on the ps4 basically uh then last was part two came out and then they added certain things from that and newer things as well into the last of us one and called it last of us part one so now you actually have the ps5 version called last of us part one and then the last of us part two um obviously graphics you know really really great uh facial animations added a lot to this game's story you know this is very very emotional very deep heartbreaking you know uh story and everything uh, examination of the human condition all that sort of stuff um and yeah, the the way that both the graphics and the facial animations worked into this game and sort of how they were able to elevate, you know, characters' expressions in different scenes really added a few things. Um, haptic feedback in this game was a really, really great addition. There's a particular thing that you can enable in this game. For anybody that's not used a DualSense control, this will be difficult to describe. Um, you know how if you're touching, let's just say, a throat and that person is talking and you can feel... A throat vibrate um, on the controller whether it be a cutscene in game whether it's an enemy an NPC whether it's your character Joel um, you will feel the controller vibrate in the same way when a character is talking and it does it based on distance based on tone because of course characters shout in this game and it was it doesn't sound like a lot but when, when, when you when you're there and you're experiencing it and you go oh it does that and it's it's that sort of element because I remember, I remember about a week before this game came out, and there was news that dropped out that like, oh, you you'll be able to feel like throat vibrations or whatever they call it. And everyone thought it was a joke. Everyone thought it was like oh, some sort of troll news post or something. No, it was <laughs> it was real, and they added it to the game. And it's something very very small, but it's those little quality of life sort of things. And I had it switched on throughout the whole game, and it was it was great. Another thing they added was a scene sort of narration. That was really, really great as well. Like you could still hear the characters talking, but you'll hear a woman say like, Joel had a stern expression as Ellie said so-and-so, and it's obsessed like an accessibility feature. Um, so really, really great for, for that. Uh, so yeah, those are my games of the year, and, and my game of the year for 2022. Any surprises there, David? Uh, no, I mean, it's no great surprise that Last of Us is that. I'm <laughs> surprised um, Cod wasn't um like higher but mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's the only sort of slight surprise in there it's nice to see stray in there i still haven't got around to playing that yet but it is on my list of things that i do need to pick up so cool cool gray are you still there <laughs> i am still here i'm holding on <laughs> thank you thank you very much for sticking around um now we'll move into our second of the three categories which is films of the year uh, great, seeing as you weren't able to be in the last uh, segment, I will let you kick off with your films, best films for 2022. Excellent. So um, I am going to do um, 10 through to 2, and then I'm going to leave you two to have a little guess at what you think is going to take my number one spot. Um, and I'm really sorry some of these are on your most disappointed films list, but um, I make no apologies. Some of them I have just really enjoyed. <laughs> so coming at number 10, 
Um, <laughs> absolute. I didn't expect to be writing this as number 10 when I was writing my list, but it is a Rescue Rangers on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> it was a remake. It was absolutely fantastic retelling where Chip and Dale's returning to TV, but one of them um, was animated in 2D, one of them was animated in 3D. It was just fantastic. Very nostalgic, really enjoyed it. And I thought, why not? It deserves a place in my top 10. So that is coming in at number 10. In at number nine, uh, much disliked, but you got to see his bottom. I'm going for Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, <laughs> uh, just a, a, a fun, I, I get that it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but when you come from watching Doctor Strange, it was the tonic that I felt we needed um, to sort of uh, reminisce some of the stuff from Ragnarok. But yeah, I do get that they took it too far. I wasn't as appreciated as some of the others, but I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to put that in at number nine. In at number eight, it's uh, Turning Red, which is our Disney Pixar film, yes. um, which was a really different take on on what um, young people go through, I suppose. Um, and I really like the way they did that. Um, reminiscent of the Inside Out days. I thought that was really quite impressive. So that was going in at number eight. At number seven... Uh, it's not a film about myself. It is The Grey Man, which is on Netflix. Um, a very long film, very action-packed, but really you got to see Ryan Gosling um, really sort of come out of himself a little bit more in that. Um, and I really enjoyed seeing um, Chris Evans in a, a slightly different role as well. We were so used to seeing him as Captain America. So we're into number six territory. Uh, I know that Matt mentioned it earlier as one he really didn't enjoy. Um, memories for me just the viewing experience is death on the nile um i i do love the moustache that uh, we get um, with our poirot um in in this film um and it's got french and saunders in i'm sorry i'm not going to apologize i love french and saunders <laughs> so that's taking number six so now we're into our top five um i'm putting the batman in at five because it was a really good take on the DC franchise, even though it's the longest film I feel like I've ever experienced, had to go to the toilet twice. Um, but I, you know, I think it was really good. Um, it was a bit frustrating as we got like a setup, resolve, setup, resolve, setup, resolve many times during the film. But I, I do respect having Robert Pattinson in that role when I think a few years ago none of us would ever believe that he could take that role. Mm -hmm. and now we're into the top four uh taking my fourth position um i've named this many films over the times when i've talked about it uh i'm putting in the lost city um a sandra bullock um uh film where she plays an author uh that gets kidnapped by the hilarious, hilariously camp daniel radcliffe um and she has to sort of make her way out of it um and i think it was absolutely brilliant with a great appearance from brad pitt who gets a mention in number three, which is Bullet Train. Again, uh, a lot of people marmite for this film, um, love it or hate it, but I really enjoyed it. I really like the story, really impressive. I like the pace of it. Um, I like the general sort of structure of the narrative. Um, and you've got Sandra Bullock appearing in that as well, which is fantastic. So Bullet Train is number three, so we're top two. So I can imagine Dave and Matt's heads are bubbling now. What do you think is number one, only number two? In number two, I'm going to be putting Wakanda Forever, um, the most recent film that I saw. I was going to guess that for number one, so I'll have yeah. to guess that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolutely great honour to see Chadwick's memory sort of praised in that way. Um, really emotional. Didn't look at my watch once. That is what Marvel needed to get them back on track um, after a slightly turbulent year with their films. Um, but yeah, Wakanda Forever is number two. So... 
we have a couple of guesses. I'm not going to say whether you get them right or not. I'm going to let you both have two guesses before I I think we should all do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, David, do you have two guesses? What do you think is going to be in my number one position? Well, to be honest, the only thing I can think of, I I can only think of one film, and that's Top Gun. So, um, yeah, that would be my guess, is because it's the only one that's not been in your top ten list uh, out of the big films this year. So uh, that's the only one I can think of. Matt? Okay. I can't think of anything else either. I mean, some of the films on my list are like some horror stuff, but I don't think you would have would have watched those. Um, yeah, because I, I was going to guess Black Panther, but you put that as number two. Um, I, I doubt that you put Black Adam as, as number one. I'm just <laughs> no, thinking. Mar- I'm just thinking Marvel and DC. Uh, yeah, Top Top Gun. I, I'd guess uh, that, that that same as well. Well, I never actually went to see Top Gun. Um, I'm not ah. a fan of planes here, uh, but it is a comic book film. It is not part of the major two comic book franchises. It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Of course, oh, yeah, I yes. It was absolutely phenomenal. Blew my mind, and I think it will have a, a real impact on the film that I said was my biggest disappointment because I saw it the day before Doctor Strange. So I saw everything, everywhere, um... all at once, and then I saw Doctor Strange the next day, and I still can't get over everything, everywhere, all at once, and what they did with the narrative and the plot, and Michelle Yeoh, oh, God, I'm going to have a huge fangirl Michelle Yeoh. She's absolutely fantastic, but um, yeah. That is my number one film. Yes, should have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> I teased you. I teased you. <laughs> nice. Uh, David, I'll let you go next. What's your, uh, you had seven films or something, didn't you? Yes, yes. So I, I've got seven because, as I said, I, I haven't really watched enough films this year. I still haven't seen Black Panther. I still haven't seen, seen everything everywhere. And uh, I, I have it on my list of things. I'm hoping I'm going to get to that over Christmas. And I'm waiting for Black Panther to come out on Disney+. Plus. So, um, But yes, at number seven, because, like as I said, I've only seen seven films this year. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, understandably, is at number seven, given what I said about it earlier. Uh, number six, I put Black Panther, because whilst it's not a great film, um, it was entertaining enough for a sort of... Do you mean, do you mean Black Adam? Black, yes, sorry, Black Adam, I meant. Yes, uh, I put Black Adam at my uh, at number six, because it's an entertaining enough film. It's two hours long. Um they don't do enough plot development in it. It's not a great movie. Um, don't really as well enough. But, you know, for a silly big budget superhero movie, it's fine. I mean, it needed to be better, but um, it's okay, you know? Uh, number five, I've got the Batman. I've Pretty much for the same reasons that everybody else. I mean, I love Batman as a character. I have a huge array of Batman comic books. Nobody seems to have managed to nail this properly on film yet. I was hoping Snyder would, and he didn't. What I really want is a Bat Family movie with an older Batman in it, and you know, with sort of a Nightwing established and a Robin established, and the various kids involved. I'd love to see a live-action version of Damian Wayne because he's a wonderful little psychopath, and I, I think that would be great to see on screen. But um, again, too long. Uh, I had high hopes for this, but. Um, it's okay. I, I think a second one might be interesting. Um, I, I just don't think that they nailed it properly. Um, and it was very dark as well. That was the other thing. Uh, so, I mean, 
yeah, fine, but not great. And number four, I have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I know Gray didn't like, but uh, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was uh, it was really good fun. Introduced some new characters in there. It gave an interesting, not send off, but it did sort of some interesting things with Wonder. Um, set up some intriguing stuff for the universe is sort of moving forward as well, because we are playing around more in the multiverse as we go into this new phase. So uh, I, I really quite enjoyed that film, I, but I haven't seen ev- everything everywhere yet. So, you know, we'll see what I, if that changes my opinion of it, or I mean, at least there's some distance between it. Um, Turning red is my number three movie. I very much enjoyed this. I, I, love those pixar films particularly the ones that have a message to them and i think this one does and uh it's you know based around sort of growing up and i i really enjoyed what they did with that film i thought it was really fun and uh you know a good sort of you know pulls up the heartstrings a bit in places which is what you expect a pixar film to do so i thought that was really good at uh, number two i have top gun maverick so uh wonderful nostalgia value for that very much enjoyable um I mean, yes, there are issues with it, but still, I think it nailed that that sort of feel of the original quite well. And um, if you like the original Top Gun movie, it does lean into the nostalgia quite a lot. But yeah, very, very solid, fun film. Uh, Guesses for number one. Gray. So I think you've probably got Wakanda Forever up there. Um, and I'm not sure about the other one. I kind of think that like, I know you've not been a fan of Thor: Love and Thunder. Well, um, that was, that was at the bottom, seven. wasn't it? Seven, yeah. So, and I don't I, know if you saw Bullet Train. I think you would enjoy Bullet Train, but I don't think you saw it. So, uh, my guess is going to be Wakanda Forever. I, I did say earlier I haven't seen Wakanda Forever, so <laughs> oh, should be listening more. <laughs> yes. So, Matt. Uh... I don't. Th- I don't know if you have actually. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm going to just throw it out there. Is it Sonic Two? I don't know why I'm thinking of Sonic no. Two, but um, if I'm looking at my own list, for, uh, Free Guy. Uh, I have seen that yet. That this year actually. Um, was that released this year? That was like a December was that last film. Year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. It wasn't okay. Free Guy. But yes, I did enjoy that as well. Um. No, so my number one, number one movie was one that was on Grey's list, actually. I've actually put Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as my uh, number one. Oh! Should remember that, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, Good choice, though. <laughs> just because it's one of those films that when they first announced it, you go, oh, they're doing a Chip and Dale movie. Well, of course they are. But it could have just been this sort of fun family thing. And they really lent into nostalgia stuff for it. And just the, this conceit that they set up at the start of they'd had this relationship and Chip and Dale had had this successful TV show. It's all fallen apart. They've gone their separate ways. One's doing kind of comic book conventions and has had a CGI upgrade. The other one's kind of a working stiff. I, I, I just, I loved the way that they set that up and it was a really inventive way of, bringing an audience to those characters um it's weird and fun and wonderfully nostalgic uh the 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 uh the jokes the sort of in jokes of of uncanny all that sort of stuff really really funny 
Um, very much enjoyed that. I, 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 yeah, that's why it's my number one film. I just, I thought it was brilliant and so well put together and just very silly and wonderfully thought through. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that movie. It's great fun. It's on Disney Plus if you want to go and check that out. Awesome. I guess I'll get into my list. I've got six uh honorable mentions <laughs> um, i had a, i had a bit of a, uh, a thing a couple of weeks ago where i was like five film reviews behind so I, I i watched a bunch of stuff recently however um one that i haven't mentioned on anything yet because i've watched it very recently is a spirited which is wolf ferrell oh yeah and, and ryan reynolds uh they did an apple tv plus film um and it's a uh, it's about like scrooge and and whatever it's a film where you can follow the plot if you want to because um, there is one there, um, but it's it's just that I had so much fun with with this film, particularly as I'm I'm becoming more of a fan of Ryan Reynolds the more films I see him in, and this was a case where I don't mind Will Ferrell, but him on screen with Ryan Reynolds I thought worked very very well. Um, it is a little bit long; it's it's it comes about two hours, but uh, it is very fun, and I I just, I just had a lot of fun with it, and um, yeah, I thought I'd put that on there. Uh, Guardians, of, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special um, didn't like specifically set things up for Guardians 3, but it was just sort of, hey, let's see these Guardians one more time, uh, you know, at, at Christmas and all that sort of good fun uh, before we see the um, what looks to be very dramatic uh, third film. So that was really good. Uh, Werewolf by Night, the other special presentation thing. Um, I don't know if they're going to continue with this or what they're going to do with this, but it's an option. But it was a very, if this, if this is the start of their sort of dark universe stuff and uh, this is a very good way to start it off and I, I very much enjoyed that it's a really good uh, it's like a tv film thing uh both of those sort of either both on disney plus uh one that i had fun with as well was called red notice this is uh gal gadot dwayne johnson and uh ryan reynolds as well uh he's gonna feature a few times on this list and um it's them doing what was it, like a, a heist spy thriller type thing again it's another one of those where it's like okay you can fo- follow the plot if you want to or you can just have fun watching these three actors do things on screen and, and being very fun so that was good uh, another one which i watched was on apple tv plus i haven't really seen anybody talk about this it's called luck it's about a woman that falls into like a sinkhole and she ends up in like a cat's world and there's a cat that can talk to her uh, which is voiced by simon Pegg. Um, and it's it is quite fun as well, and like an interesting. I don't know it is an interesting kind of fun film. So that was in my honourable mentions, and then one that I I almost put into my top ten, but I, I was getting very sort of like nitpicky with uh, the quality of certain things. Is Smile? I really really like this film a lot. I love the use of the, the like the use of the plot because of like h- how the smile mechanic is used. I really did not like the ending, and I mentioned it in my, my review. I felt it. It, it didn't ruin the film it's just sort of oh okay like you, you're gonna do that and it just it, it just deflated the, the experience a bit but um the actual like horror qualities of it and everything and sort of the the use of jump scares and, and things like that i thought was really really good so i really enjoyed that uh that is um uh available on on video and demand things like that so um my top 10 getting into number 10 is Deep Water. This is an Anna de Armas, uh, Ben Affleck film. I don't know how many people have seen this. This is on uh, Prime Video. How can I describe this without spoiling it? It's They're both very sort of rich, wealthy, attractive couple people. And um, she uh, gets together with other men at different points. 
Um, Ben Affleck's character does and doesn't like that and deals with that in his own way. But I thought there was like some deeper sort of themes and elements and things going on. And um, I I think this is one of the things where if you don't quite see what the film is trying to do, you're not really going to enjoy it. So you've got to sort of look for this is one where you've got to sort of really pay attention to like fine details and things to really sort of see the things that aren't spelled out to you and sort of like the underlying themes and and things like that. But I I thought that was very, very good and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, Number nine, uh, this came out around about Christmas time, December last year. It's called Don't Look Up. It's got a stellar cast in there with like Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio. This is basically a team of scientists um, and there's going to be a meteor that uh, is going to hit the earth and they're trying to convince the world that that is the case and the film plays out from there. I thought that it really brought to light sort of today's use of social media and like whether something is or isn't fake news and that type of stuff so again another quite sort of deep film um i really thought that was excellent as well and uh nailed the ending which i thought was was very very good um so there's that one uh number eight i'm gonna put thor love and thunder which we've brought up a few times um this is one of my i don't know where i put it on the list but list but one of my favorite comic book films um i really liked the angle they've taken with thor i do agree however that he's i think he's due to i don't know how many of you would would sort of know i'm talking about the more sort of like thor from um god of war ragnarok he is due i think to take that more darker turn and there has been some interviews um from uh chris himself saying like hey if we do another thor film i want to kind of go a bit darker i think you are due for that now after you've done ragnarok and after you've done Thor Love and Thunder, um, which is him sort of kind of coping with his um, grief with like the, the, the comedy grief sort of sort of angle, um, like he's sort of t- taken that angle. But I, I do think the next film we should maybe take that sort of darker Thor sort of turn, which again, if you want like a recent example from that, go and look at some stuff from uh, Thor in uh, played by Ryan Hurst, by the way in uh, God of War Ragnarok. I, I, I do think they should go to that version next. Number seven is going to be A24's X, which I've brought up a few times. This is an excellent horror film. I think in terms of the quality that this goes for and those sort of individual horror, qual- horror qualities, I think more horror films should... I, I think we need more horror films like this. It's got kind of that old style to it, but the way it was used within the plot and sort of the, 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 the look of the film and everything, like that visual sort of horror storytelling i think we i think we need more horror films like this i know there's like a ton of indie horror films that get released every year and you've got like shudder and places like that but this was a bit more mainstream than than that type of thing um i thought i think a24's put out some really good stuff recently and uh, this one's available on prime to watch number six i'm gonna put free guy <clears throat> which wasn't on my list last year because i think i think i'd watched this like right around christmas time and i i really had a lot of fun with this film i think last year that at this point you the two of you had seen this and you were talking about how great it is and how much I would like it. And I didn't have a doubt that I would like it. I just, you know, hadn't seen it yet. And then I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is this is like really, really good fun. Again, another Ryan Reynolds film. Um, just just keep putting him in your films, everybody. It, it's it's successful. <laughs> it works very well. And he's going to come back as Deadpool 3, which should be great. Um, the video game references I thought were just, just amazing. References to other things as well. The props that he uses in this film I thought were really great. And uh, I really had a good time with uh, Free Guy. Um, one that I weirdly thought, I guess, that was David's number one is uh, my number five, which is Sonic 2. Um, an excellent sequel. I think this this took what worked with the first film 
added characters that just made things better. It added Sonic, it added Tails. Um, you've got uh, Dr. Robotnik back. You've you obviously uh, Jim Carrey in there. Uh, you got Ben Schwartz returning, of course, as the voice of Sonic. Um, and it was just it, it was a really, really, really good film, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But at the moment, I mean, in in a few weeks, we're going to get The Last of Us, which is going to probably become the best video game adaptation. I don't know what else has done a better video game adaptation type of thing than maybe Sonic Two. Um, although that bar itself is particularly low given things that we've had like Uncharted um, but uh, I, I very much enjoyed Tonic too um, get into my top 4 number 4 is a film called Windfall which I mentioned earlier uh, which I put as sort of the most underrated film and biggest surprise of the year this is basically um, I can't remember his name but the guy who played uh, Marshall from um, How I Met Your Mother and then you've got Lily Collins and you've got I think it's Jesse Plemons the guy who was also from for Breaking Bad as well um, you basically got Jesse Plemons character and Lily Collins character um, they are a rich couple they, they own this home they are not at home and uh, Marshall from uh, How I Met Your Mother I can't think of the, the actor's name for some reason um he attempts to burgle them, and things kind of go from there. However, uh, the film's got a very, very smart... Well, not, not, really, not really what I would describe as a deliberate story twist, but more of a thematic twist, and a sort of, you thought this film was about this, no, it's actually about this, at least that's what I picked up from it. And then I looked, I looked back on the film I just watched, and I was like, "Yeah, this this was that instead." And I I really like that sort of turn. Again, I wouldn't really call it like a story twist. It's more of a sort of, you thought it was about this, but it's actually about this. Um, and I I really really enjoyed that. That was a great film. Uh, number three, which I, I'm glad to see was was on some of your lists, is Turning Red. Number three, um, which was of course uh, you usually get. I think we get like two Pixar films now each year, which is which is great. Obviously, we had that, and then the other one, um. Yeah, Turning Red, uh, which I related to the character in interesting ways. There is some, w- within the mechanic of turning into a panda, I do think there's some LGBTQ themes within that. That sort of like being afraid of who you are and kind of you think there's you know something wrong with you or you think that you're you're like different and, and, and weird to other people. Not in exactly that same sort of way. Obviously, this is a fantasy type, type mechanic, but that kind of like... I don't know, be, be, being scared of being who you sort of truly are and, and that type of stuff and how the film kind of goes from there. Again, just had all the usual Pixar qualities, which they usually bring. Um, and I, I very, very much enjoyed that. Number two, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, brilliant, brilliant film. One of the MCU's best, one of the best comic book films, I think. Again, I don't know where it fit on that sort of list. Um, like you said, um, great, great, uh, you know, um, uh, great, Tribute to, to Chadwick Boseman and everything like that. Um, I thought the way they slotted Ironheart into this story did, didn't really need even... I mean, you need to be introduced to the character, but her fitting in sort of tonally or whatever was going on, it, it's like she'd been there the whole time kind of thing. I'm I'm, I'm glad that they cho- chose to put her in this film uh, before her Ironheart series. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, action in this film I thought was great. I thought the plot was really, really good. And uh, particularly the acting in this film as well. Of course, I mentioned Angela Bassett earlier. Just top of the chart sort of acting, I thought, from that. So those are my uh, films for the year, of course, apart from number one. Uh, Gray, I'll go to you first. What is your guess for my my film of the year? 
um, you've 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 done a couple of the ones I was going to go for, and then I was thinking maybe it's a Ryan Reynolds film. Um, there are two Ryan Reynolds guesses I'm going to have then, and I'm not sure if you've seen them, but I'm not sure you put one of them as your number one. So Adam, the Adam Project could be a guess, I and the other one is on something. Yeah. yeah, even though he was uncredited, and I don't know if you've seen it, he was part of Bullet Train. Um, you'd have to work out what part he was, but Bullet Train is going to be my second guess. Over to you, Dave. Ooh. Um. Did you mention top? Did you mention Top Gun in that list? No. So Top Gun, I think maybe one. Um. I don't know. I can't think of another movie uh, that you haven't already mentioned. Um. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of something else. Go on. Uh, I suppose you've both not guessed it. It's Lightyear. Oh, of course it is. Oh, yes. oh, that was I, one of my I thought you'd have that away. It's on my list. <laughs> it's Toy Story. <laughs> of course it's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Gray, I understand the reasons you didn't get on with it. Um, I disagree with your opinion on that, but I, I understand. Yeah. I understand your point, but don't agree with with the point. Um. I do think this was a very kind of this is more of a Toy Story spin-off kind of thing I, I I would say and it does change up the formula a bit from that so I I do understand where some people went into this film and they was like oh I expected this to be a bit different I understand that again I disagree but I, I understand that point um, this film gave me what I, I wanted from it which is something I've been uh, thinking about for a lot of time which is okay if you take the take a human the human version of Buzz Lightyear what does that look like how does he function uh what does he you know fight like and and all those sorts of things and then just just going through the scenes in this film where you've got Buzz Lightyear doing his mannerisms and being in the action scenes fighting Zerg which I thought was amazing um because we'd seen him fight you know Zerg in in the Toy Story films but we saw that as as the toy version and this was the this was the human version of him um of course as they say at the start this is the film that andy saw when he was very very young uh and it made him want to get buzz Lightyear, which of course happens in the first film um but just seeing and yeah i know they changed from tim allen to chris evans but if you think about it it is a different person it's not yeah it's, it's, it's a different yeah. thing uh it's not you know tim allen is the toy chris is is the human you can have different voices for that um but just seeing him go through this film and just do his mannerisms of like there's no sign of intelligent life anywhere or you know not today's erg and all all these sorts of different things and then particularly for me i remember watching the trailers and i thought okay when we have the toy version and he hasn't got you know real missiles and things like that because a toy wouldn't have things like that and he's got his laser and he's jumping around what does that look like with a real suit in a real world situation where a space a real space ranger is fighting zerg and i i was just thrilled by those scenes and seeing him kind of jump around in the same buzz lightyear sort of way and having that same those same sort of like fight mannerisms and um it, it, even from watching those bits in the trailer of seeing him fight zerg i was like i think this is going to be really really cool and i was very excited about that particular element and there's like a couple of different zerg fight scenes and like some of the classic lines come in and I was, I was just thinking that this this is what I wanted this to, to be in terms of okay what would the the human version of Buzz be like um so yeah I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from that and again it's you know Toy Story so <laughs> that boosts things a little bit but um 
yeah, I was just yeah, just 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 thrilled with that sort of again I spoke to Angus during the interview and I was kinda of saying, Okay, you've got the toy version and you've got the human version, what was that kind of what was that sort of like uh for for him to do? Um and as as an audience member that's wondered what that's looked like for so long, um, I I just thought that was really thrilling, so I was very, very happy with Lightyear. And uh, I think he, he couldn't tell me any details about anything, of course, because he's, you know, NDAs and whatever else. He he does have, and he's spoken publicly about this on Twitter, he does have light years for, um, light years, he does have ideas for uh, <clears throat> for light year two. Um, and he's talked about, like, the gravity belt from the second film and that sort of stuff. So really hoping that we get that, um, which would be, which would be amazing. Um... Let's go to our TV lists next. Um, David, I'll let you go first. What is on your TV best TV list for 2022? Right. My TV list uh, starts off number 10. I went with The Lazarus Project, which was a new show on Sky. It's one of those rare things which is a sci-fi series, basically, that's uh, made in the UK. We don't get that many of those sort of things over here so uh, I just really liked the premise of it I thought the writing was brilliant um, I actually uh, interviewed the writer of it as well so um, really fun series and uh, the basic premise of it is you have a guy who wakes up one day who finds himself in this sort of Groundhog Day situation who but slightly different in that he's reliving a day from months ago and kind of he thinks he's losing his mind and then somebody um you know all, all the things that he hits such as getting engaged and that sort of stuff over the last few months haven't happened so he gets to go back and sort of do those again and he's the only one that doesn't seem to have you know realized that this has happened to him it's sort of a major kind of weird deja vu he's having he eventually gets approached by somebody who re- recruits him into this thing called the lazarus project a secret organization that has the ability to turn back time whenever there is a world threatening extinction event about to happen so um this throws up this really interesting bunch of um weird premises uh, because there are rules in place about sort of when they can turn back the clock and it's just brilliantly put together and really really well written uh joe barton is the guy that wrote it he uh and he just really stunning piece of work it is coming back for a second season i just thought they did a wonderful job with the first season of that so um that's my number 10 choice my number nine choice is sas rogue heroes the loose one from stephen knight the guy behind peaky blinders um Really interesting, very funny, uh, as well as having some great action stuff in as well about the formation of the SAS. Uh, just just completely mad, based on true stories, but um, you wouldn't really believe them as being true stories if you weren't told they were based on true stories, because some of the stuff is so ridiculous. But... Um, Really, really enjoyable. Great cast. Really good writing. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was a wonderful BBC show. Uh, Number eight, I have Andor, which out of the three Star Trek series, the main Star Trek series, live action ones this year, I thought was head and shoulders above the rest. I know you, Matt, struggled a bit with this. Uh, It's, of course, based on Rogue One, which is a movie you didn't like either. But... uh, really expands the world out uh has great depth to it um 
it's not all shot in the volume. It's got like, you know, which is where they shoot a lot of their stuff. So it has a very, very different look and feel. Feels much grittier than some of the others. Um, solid plot throughout. They have already said that it will be a limited series running over a couple of seasons. So uh, they've got a, a particular story arc in in place for it. Um, thought it was well acted, interesting sort of cameos popping up and and investigates a bit of history in Star Wars that we hadn't seen before. So very enjoyable. Um, number seven, I've got Stranger Things. The latest season was uh, really, really good. Introduced the new big bad in Vecna, who looks like he's going to be the person that's taking us through to the uh, finale season as well. Um, really good. Um, some wonderful moments in it. The the running up that hill moment, as we mentioned earlier, I, I thought was phenomenal. Um, it's great seeing the the managing that young cast growing up as well and uh, managing to make the stories work through that. Um, number six, Better Call Saul, uh, final season. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting setup for that. And um, just the way that they shot that with many of the stuff being in black and white because it was following Gene's timeline. Um, I just thought it was a really solid conclusion to to that story. It's, it's a really nice way of rounding off that Breaking Bad universe for the moment, whether they go back to it at some point is anybody's guess. But um, I, I think they did a really wonderful job in rounding that off. It's great acting, wonderful directing, uh, just, just a top class piece of TV. Um, I, I still think the Breaking Bad finale is probably a little better for me, more mm-hmm. more satisfying, but um, still really, really good. And uh, they did a wonderful job with that. <clears throat> so top five. Number five, I have Mythic Quest. Um, we've been talking about this a lot because they've just got announced a spin-off for it as well. But um, wonderful Apple TV show uh, based in a games company it's incredibly funny it's on its third season right now just makes me laugh out loud it it posts fun at gaming culture but it's clearly written by people that know and love games um i i, I really like what they do with the characters in that it's got a very twisted sense of humor and uh yeah i just just thoroughly enjoyable and uh, well well worth watching my number four show is also an Apple TV show. It's Slow Horses, which is based on a series of books. It's got Gary Oldman in the lead role. It's set in the also runs of MI5. So this is a place called Slough House where they stick all the screw ups. And uh, Gary Oldman is the person that is in control of this group. The first season was great. The second season comes back and starts with a sort of murder investigation, although they, it's been written off by the main MI5 as being, oh, well, he, you know, it was a natural death. And Gary Oldman's character, Lam, thinks it isn't. So he starts investigating and that sort of opens up this wider story. But um, that's been great for two seasons so far. We're halfway through the second season. It's already renewed for seasons three and four. So um, well, well worth watching. Uh, Number three, I have Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the latest Star Trek series to come out of the sort of newer Treks. Just a wonderful continuation of the original Star Trek. It very much has that feel. Unlike Discovery and some of the other things that they've done, which feel very much sort of disjointed, or you've got um, 
uh, Picard, which is following next generation stuff. And I, I like that as well. But Strange New Worlds absolutely nailed the um, feeling of the original show so well and uh, has a great mix of stories. You know, it isn't there is a continuing story, but it's very much underneath, you know, unlike Discovery, which has a very prominent story, which arcs over the entire thing. This is very much a sort of episode and monster of the week kind of thing uh, with a sort of under uh, you know overarching story kind of running underneath it and uh the humor in it the casting um i it it just comes together so perfectly and i think that is a really really strong series and a uh, great bit of sci-fi so well worth watching my number two show is hacks uh, as we mentioned before, phenomenal performances in this. It's, it's so, so funny. Um, this idea of this failing Las Vegas comedian whose stuff has got it tired, but with this um, millennial who is desperate for a job and sort of doesn't want to take it, but ends up taking it and the relationship that forms between those two characters uh it, it's beautifully written and the 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 sort of way they bounce off each other is just stunning so i that i can't recommend highly enough it's on um prime video there's two seasons of it there's more coming it's superb absolutely brilliant comedy <clears throat> so um guess at number one shows then gray i've got two then i've drawn it down to i'm gonna say you're either going to put something like she hulk or peacemaker <laughs> up there interesting those are my two guests in matt um for all mankind can't remember which season it is um or i was gonna say c i'm gonna i'm just gonna go with c oh i thought you had it there no um it is an apple show oh it's the s ones <laughs> to begin with s <laughs> It is an awful show beginning with S, yes. Um, and uh, the other two you mentioned, I, Peacemaker, I absolutely loved, and uh, She-Hulk, I also absolutely loved. They just didn't quite manage. There's been so much good TV this year that I, they didn't make it into the t- my top ten. The one that I went for number one was Severance, um, oh. which, if you haven't seen it, is an absolutely astounding piece of work. Uh, it's from... Um, Oh, what's the the actor director that's um, the, the the name gone um, escapes me? Uh, ben Stiller is the uh, the director of it. It's created by a guy called Dan Erickson, and um, the essential premise of it is it's about a guy who works for this um, corporation, and they have this severance protocol which essentially mind wipes the person. Um, to separate their home life from their work life so as they enter an elevator and go up in the lift they only remember what happens at work and when they go down in the elevator and walk outside they only they can't remember anything that happens at work and only remember what happens outside so essentially for the people in the office they they only life they know is living in that office and uh, it's done supposedly because of the fact that they're working on sensitive material. And uh, if you can't remember anything that you did at work, then you can't spill anything that, mm-hmm. you know, out in the real world. So. Um, but it, 
it's so well written in the way that they develop this sort of culture within that office and the slightly off kilter weirdness that goes along with that. Um, it's really interestingly directed. Uh, it's a fascinating premise. It's brilliantly acted. Scott Adam, uh, Adam Scott is the um, lead actor in it and um there's a bunch of other people that you will recognize as well but um yeah i I can't recommend that highly enough it's it's such an odd premise and it is completely compelling from start to finish it's one of those where you think that sounds like a weird show and if you give it a try you'll end up binging your way through the entire thing it is just absolutely phenomenal um so that's my number one show Awesome. Uh, Gray, what about your TV list for 2022? Okay, so I'm going to do my best to get through this without coughing or sneezing midway through, but I will do my very best. (laughs) Um, So I've got 10 honourable mentions. I know we should only have five, but there are so many good TV programmes this year. So I'm going to quickly fire through my 10 honourable mentions. I won't say much about the plot, but please obviously do go out and search them if you are interested. So they are Big Boys on Channel 4. Love Victor, the final season on Disney Plus. Bad Sisters on Apple TV Plus. Trigger Point on ITV. Moon Knight on Disney Plus. Sherwood on BBC. The Orville on Disney Plus. This is the third season. Wedding Season, also on Disney Plus. Barry on Now TV or Sky. And this is going to hurt on BBC. Um, I know I heard Matt sort of be shocked that Love Victor season four didn't make into my top ten. It was a tough choice, but there there was... um, fantastic tv program so at number 10 it was high in days this is hacks um we were treated two seasons this year gene smart one of my favorite actresses absolutely loved it absolutely fantastic really um bingeable series as well uh number nine is the season finale of derry girls um or the, the final season plus the season finale of derry girls um i've watched it from the beginning i know that it's not always everyone's cup of tea but it got a new life when it got released onto netflix as well um but it's absolutely fantastic and really enjoyed watching that a bit out from the um a bit of a one that i didn't expect to put in but i actually really enjoyed it and i didn't think i would was um the netflix drama anatomy of a scandal um which was released earlier this year it feels quite slow paced but the twist that you have midway through was just absolutely brilliantly done and i really enjoyed watching that so do go and watch that on netflix um if you want more that's anatomy of a scandal there's loads of different titled names of tv dramas around the anatomy of and scandal and things like that but it's called anatomy of a scandal um in at number seven one i guess for dave's top was peacemaker um i would have nominated the opening sequence and title sequence of (laughs) peacemaker in here as a separate entity absolutely fantastic loved it um number six another um slow one here but if you are a fan of jennifer coolidge white lotus comes in at number six season three beautiful it's very ethereal really makes you think there's a lot and this is where slow pacing really works because you get a beat as the viewer to think about the interactions these characters have just had and you get to really learn about like how people behave and it's, it very much feels like a study on people's behavior an absolutely beautiful final episode only seven episodes that you've got storytellers there just telling you the story they need to tell you not trying to fit it in 23 10 15 episodes or whatever so that's white lotus season three in at number six no number five 
um, taking a lot of awards this year. And I watched it before it won the awards, so I was very proud. It's Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary is available on Disney Plus. Um, and yeah, it is. Uh, it's very much in the vein of Modern Family. You've got some sort of filming a documentary within a school, so you get a lot of to the camera discussions as well as following them around. And it's one of the most frustrating headmistresses you would ever imagine. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Again, really binge that quickly. Um, in at number four, am I being unreasonable? Um, that is the Daisy May Cooper TV dark comedy that uh, was released earlier this year. Um, and then when you get to episode five and it all sorts the twists and starts to unravel, it's absolutely brilliant. And the young actor who plays her son, um, uh, Lenny, I've forgotten his surname, but he has just won a, a flurry of awards, is getting a lot of attention. Um, he really sort of holds his mum's character to account and his mum's Daisy May Cooper, but it's uh, absolutely brilliant. At number three, Miss Marvel um, is coming in, taking their third spot. Really pleased about the, how they attack this and the diversity and then the final sting. That got me excited again um, in, in sort of like the TV dramas. Uh, Moon Knight obviously got a mention in my top ten and it isn't in here because I enjoyed Miss Marvel a lot more than I liked Moon Knight. Um, and She-Hulk, I enjoyed it, but didn't even get a mention in my top 20 really so um miss marvel takes the crown for that one and then number two dave i'm on in the same boat as you slow horses absolutely fantastic really enjoyed it um i know they filmed one and two back to back and the rumors they will film three and four back to back makes me really excited they've got a really good gripping drama and apple tv does it again so there leaves the mystery number one matt what are your two guesses heartstopper is my only guess Okay. Um, Dave. Yeah, well, given that you haven't mentioned it, Heartstopper, <laughs> I, I think, is... is I, I'm surprised that's not in the top ten list. So, I'm trying to think what else. Oh. I mean, there's been so much around. Uh, it's so difficult to tell because there has been so many things around. Um, yeah, I, 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 Heartstopper, I think, will go with... Uh, it was well actually it's Andor no it's not it's Heartstopper Heartstopper <laughs> takes it on one um, I, I think Matt's going to probably mention this along the way but Heartstopper absolutely called to me at a time when I really needed it um, it was just beautifully told and it is a, a, a you know dreamlike scenario that if I was younger I just wish life was a little bit more like that but it absolutely shone a light and it didn't need to be action packed overly gratuitous overly gossipy cliffhangers horrendous cliches it was just a really well-told story honored the alice oseman's cartoon um, graphic novels and i am just overwhelmed by the love that it's received through its many nominations and appreciations across um okay and the world takes my number one slot this year um and yes there we go um over to you matt awesome uh well i have I can't like describe all the all the honorable mentions I've got so many. So what I'm gonna what I'm just gonna do <laughs> this TV list was brutal. Uh, this happens every year. We go for like um, hey these have to be in the top ten. Then you end up with fifteen of those. And then you have to make just um, j- just keep in mind I have to make some very brutal cuts <laughs> in this list. Um, I'm, all I'm gonna do is say the show's name and say where you can watch it because we, we I don't think we got time to like for me to give a little bits of no. information on each uh afterlife on netflix solar opposites on disney plus and hulu 
uh, Severance on Apple TV+, Raw on Apple TV+, Russian Doll on Netflix, Sea on Apple TV+, The Walking Dead on Star on Disney+, and AMC, Heartstop on Netflix, Stranger Things on Netflix, All of Us Are Dead on Netflix, She-Hulk on Disney+, Welcome to Wrexham, Star on Disney+, and FX, House of the Dragon uh, on Sky Atlantic HBO, Harley Quinn on, um, what is that for the US? I, I forgot where that is in the US. Uh, HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah. I think in a DC universe, that's the old thing. Uh, and all four. <clears throat> Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. Uh, We're in the City on uh, Sky and HBO. Shining Girls on Apple TV Plus. And She Hulk on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, th- this was another situation where I was like, oh, I have to put House of Dragon in, in, in top 10. I have to put Stranger Things in top 10. I have to put this in top 10. And then realized, no, I have too many shows for a top 10. <laughs> It's just a mathematics thing. Uh, you can't put more than 10 things into a list with 10. That's just how it works. Uh, Alright, coming at my number 10. Uh, the only reason I've got this a bit lower is because this season's actually still ongoing. But I think it's the best show on TV at the moment. So of currently ongoing shows. That's Mythic Quest, which is the third season. I'm actually saving a couple of episodes for Christmas Day. But what we've had so far for this season, I think has been excellent. I think given what happened at the end of season 2 um, and how things got a little bit changed... Um, I think they've not recovered well from that necessarily, but sort of you wondered how they were going to do a story for the third season. I think they managed that very, very well. Uh, number nine is Suspicion, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. This is sort of that espionage thriller-ish sort of genre, and I, re- I really like things from that. Um, thought this told a really, really good story with that. I thought the main guy, if you want to call him that, is was just a comple- very compelling character to watch. The ending was a little bit odd, but it's one of those where, like, you could end it there, you could do a season two, you could do whatever, but really enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, number eight is going to be Better Cold Soul. Again, this is where things just got really brutal. Um, like you said, David did a really, really good job with wrapping up um, everybody's story and, of course, Jimmy Jean Soul's story. Excellent, excellent work with the black and white episodes. We wondered where that was going to go and how that was going to tie into things. That really, really did very, very well. And... Uh, Kim is one of the best characters I've ever seen on television, so I, I was thoroughly impressed with that. Uh, Euphoria is at number seven, which had, I think it was like a February season, or it, it was a bit earlier this year. Uh, Euphoria, this is of course Zendaya and uh, some other people. Um, it's a, a YA, very dark, gets into sort of addiction and things like that type of show. Uh, they did a very, very, very good job with that, with, with this season, um, and just tackling the hard themes that they've got to tackle. And I thoroughly enjoyed that season. And that, that finale was just incredible as well. I can't wait to see what they do with the next season. Number six is Miss Marvel. Um, again, with uh, cultural importance, importance of representation, introducing this character to the MCU. And of course, like you said, Grey, that thing in the finale, which uh, made everybody's, well, my made my uh, eyebrows rise because I'm sure everybody else's did. And uh, very much looking forward to seeing what that does with the future. And of course, we know she's going to be in, is it called The Marvels, I think? Uh, with the yes. Monica Rambo and Captain Marvel. Very much looking forward to seeing where that goes, but that's the MCU formula. Number five is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, because, again, I didn't get on with Andor. That wasn't really going to make it to my list. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah, did a very, very good job of going back to the past. Doing a, It's difficult to do prequels sometimes because you know what happens to Obi-Wan. You know what happens to Darth Vader and all these other characters. It One of the things they did really, really well is filling in some of the gaps. Those sort of, like training sessions and you know that those earlier days and then of course just you know it's got Darth Vader in it and it's got Obi-Wan Kenobi in it and that was brilliant so seeing those characters again the way it fit into um the the Star Wars universe that we've got I, I thoroughly enjoyed that 
Number four is going to be Working Mums, uh, season five. Um, season six is the is the last one next year. Um, really delved. You, you wouldn't have necessarily thought that a show called Working Mums in season five could delve even more into motherhood, but it did. Uh, with lots of different characters, and it serviced each character so so well. Had some comedy, had some heartbreaking moments, had some dramatic moments. Balanced that fantastically well. I really, really enjoyed this season. And also, on the point of, because we point out little things of like how well certain elements did. That's how you do a cliffhanger for your season finale, leading into your final season. That that that's how you do something like that. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that um, fifth season. Number three for me is Hawkeye, which did air around about Christmas time last year, so it sort of fits into that December slot. Um, I really enjoyed this. I remember before mm-hmm. it came out, it was my most anticipated. I don't know about MCU whole, but like TV show, my most anticipated uh, Marvel TV show. It had a lot of things going for it. It had you know the return of Hawkeye. It had obviously Kingpin coming back. It had this new interesting character called Echo introduced. Um, you had Kate Bishop, Haley Steinfeld being introduced. The way that all that melded together. Uh, you of course had uh, Yelena. All the sort of like. It's just called the moments between um, Kate and and, and uh, Yolinda was was really really great. Uh, of course, you got Florence Pugh coming back into that role, set up from of course introduced in uh, Black Widow. Really really enjoyed that. That was great. Uh, number two is one that uh, Gray you also had on your list. I don't think Dave watches this show. It's called Barry, which is a HBO. Yes, uh, I have. I need to watch it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um fantastic fantastic uh which season was this number three i think um fantastic third season set pieces that i reround multiple times because i was just that impressed the way this guy i don't think this is really a spoiler the way this guy continues to operate in this show like the actual character and like his past is coming back to haunt him but he's trying to move on but how's he going to deal with that and these things are happening and it's very dramatic um really really just well put together incredibly well written but Man, those set pieces, I was, I was so impressed. I that There's a set piece that takes place on a motorway. I think it's like mid-season. I think I watched that like four times back to back because I was just so impressed. Uh, so that was a, a brilliant show. I don't think either of you are going to be able to guess my number one, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, David, what do you think? What's your two guesses for my number one? Oh, God, there's been so many things out this year. Um, I'm trying to think through that. You've reeled off so many to start off with as well. So I... I, I, I um, you haven't mentioned Severance, have you? You did watch that, I think. I'll let you just uh, guess that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't think it is that, but let's say Severance. Um. <laughs> uh. Uh. What else? Um. I'm trying to think. What's obscure that you might have picked? Um. No, can't think of anything. Go on. <laughs> what about you, okay, Gray? Gray. Um. Well, you've done, you've you've wiped out some of my ones that I thought you would say. Like you said, Heartstopper. You've reeled off quite a few of your Apple TV shows, which I know you're really into. And so then it makes me think it is an Apple TV show that we haven't heard, and that begins with S. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you did you watch Surface? I don't know. Were you a fan of Surface? Or I know you weren't the fan of Foundation. That was that was. Dave, that wasn't this year. I'm, no, I'm. That no, was it. Not this year. year. No, no, I did. Watch I am. Enjoy it though. I am. You have uh, covered all. I honestly, I was going <laughs> to say Heartstopper. You mentioned that, and then I was like, I was going to be Barry because he said Heartstopper, and then you've just mentioned that. So you have, unless it's Love Victor final season, but I don't think it you, is. 
Did, Go. Did, did you mention servant? Oh. <laughs> this is so funny. I... <laughs> Go on. Go on. Well, yeah, what my, is it? my number one is uh, Servant Season 3 on Apple. Hey, so you, you're almost well there. Done, Apple, Apple begins with an S. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wondered how many... Uh, with, uh, whether either of you would like remember the show because uh, neither of you watched that and that is a little bit more of a hidden gem on uh, Apple TV Plus because I know uh, the, the S shows took a storm this year on uh, on Apple uh, yes the third the penultimate season of uh, Servant they put out a trailer two trailers the other day for season four oh boy that season's going to be crazy um, this, this third season just set up things so well for season four it was so so masterfully creepy this season um where they are taking these characters you, you think you're, you're gonna like guess it and then something else weird happens the camera work on the show is phenomenal the way that they use like still shots and you're sort of looking for things is great just where this story is going with leanne like what is this girl sort of thing and like Where's that going to go? What's going on with the baby? We've had like certain answers, but we don't know because that's what we've got a, a final chapter, a final 10 episodes. But how this season teased those answers and gave you like, okay, that's a bit of an answer to that. No, this is happening instead. And like weird things started happening with the house and characters got really confused about it because they would and then you did. Um, the finale was just had some absolutely draw dropping moments. Like I said, in in the sort of scenes of the year, I think a few of those are, uh, are from the finale um and it just just it, very interesting twists and turns and just dark themes and um as m knight himself i'm not going to try to pronounce his surname as m knight himself said like th this is his sort of 30 minute thriller that 30 minutes every week just went like that and like you're watching and you're just completely glued and then the episode gives you a fantastic ending the credits come up and then you have to painfully wait another week um the fourth season is coming out, I think, the same week that The Last of Us is coming out. So, that's, for, for me, that's going to be a very good week of television. I think it's around about the 14th that it's coming out. Um, there's a best, show, best season of the show. Um, I thought it started off really, really strong with season one. Season two was still really great, but a bit of a drop-off. Uh, but season three was just... It, it was just something else. Just being stunned by it, being confused by it, because you, it was a mystery. Um... And just just trying to figure the show out, but in like in like a mystery sort of way, um, I was completely floored by this season. I thought I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I remember I can't remember what month the show finished in. It was I think it was like March or something. It was very early, and I was like, okay, something's gonna have to do very well for me to to beat that for number one. And uh, things came very close. Barry was brilliant. A lot of other shows were brilliant. Um, but nothing quite beat that for me, I, I think. Um, but yeah, this was this was a brutal list. I've got I've got House of the Dragon in my honourable mentions, <laughs> so uh, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, for, for the Love Victor thing, by the way, what I thought I'd do because this list is so crammed, I gave that um, most important show, so it won something, like or, or, or like most impactful show, and then let it be off the list so other things had space, but then it still was included because it won something so i thought i'd just work it around that way uh and then Heartstopper is in my honorable mentions anyway which again on, on another day that should be a top 10 show so it's just stranger things but only so many things can fit into a list of a top 10 so uh that's how that went um just a couple of other little things i wanted to go through um what are we gonna choose because we did this last i can't remember when we if we did this in 2020 but we did this last year i think um 
what entertainment talk show of the year? What are we what are we thinking? Because we've all got different number ones. Um, we've all got such different. Th- we've all, all got such different things on our list, though. Yeah. Miss Marvel, possibly. David, did you where did you put that on your list? Um, that wasn't in my top ten. Oh. No. Um, I mean, I like the show. Mm-hmm. I, I did like the show a lot. Um, I didn't actually have any Marvel things in my top ten. Have you watched Hacks, Matt? No, that would have been a very good choice, but I haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, you've not seen Severance, so... Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. There's so much stuff out there now that we've all watched different things, which makes it difficult picking, like, one show out of the... Because last time, um, I think last time we picked Zoe, although I think that was for season one. Um, yeah, because... Yeah, I mean... Mythic Quest, Stranger Things. I mean, I'm loving Mythic Quest. I'm a bit behind. I'm still ploughing through season two. But both of you had that quite well regarded. Uh, it could do potentially, and I've heard great Grey. things about season three. I do, yeah. I, that was on my very long list. It didn't make it to my special mentions. Right, okay. So, trying, it's, yeah. it's difficult to pick a show that we all, all watch. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean... Harley Quinn? I mean, I watched, I watched that too. I, I possibly would go for Mythic Quest. Yeah, I think Mythic Quest is doing great things. So okay, I, I think Mythic Quest we go for show of the year. All right, makes sense. Uh, yeah, so Mythic Quest is entertainment talk show of the year. Um, I don't think you would, you two would have written these down because I wrote them in very late. I just put very quickly my most anticipated, some of my most anticipated things for next year. Uh, so most anticipated TV shows. Um, I haven't got it written down. I put uh, Servant and The Last of Us. Uh, my most anticipated games, Hogwarts Legacy, Spider-Man 2. And my most anticipated films is Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania, and uh, Elementals, which is the next Pixar film. Or one of the next ones. Um, do, do either of you have any choices for those? I'm looking forward to Ant-Man as well in the film. Mm. Um, I'm also looking forward to, even though... I think... It, into December, so we're thinking about it. It would be Glass Onion, which comes out in in a matter of days on on streaming sites. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that film. Um, and I will be talking about for probably the beginning of 2023 for about a few months. I mentioned it um, when I was chatting to Dave last week. The Traitors uh, is just phenomenal TV on BBC, um, and I will be going on about that. It started very late November, but the majority of it screened in December, so it falls into next year's categories, everyone. But The Traitors, reality show, but it is psychologically amazing. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to watching over and over again. Cool. Um, how about you? Yeah, Ant-Man definitely. Guardians 3 definitely. Um, uh, I, yeah, also in the movies Indie 5 as well. Gaming-wise, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, Starfield, Hogwarts Legacy I'm kind of interested in. Um, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, but there's also uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor as well, uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, there's lots of interesting games. I mean, no guarantee that'll all come out next year, but lots of interesting yeah. games. Uh, TV-wise, uh, I mean, there's some great stuff. Uh, Secret Invasion I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Agatha Cozen of Chaos, um there is the fallout series although whether that lands next year is debatable um you've got um ironheart coming um last of us as well obviously um but there's also walking dead dead city so i mean there's there's lots of 
TV stuff I'm looking forward to. Cool. Um, all right, that is everything for our best and worst and most disappointing TV shows, games and films, and some sports stuff as well, I suppose, uh, for 2022. Uh, let us know what yours were, audience, I'm talking to you. Uh, what were your favourite TV shows, games and films, and any particular sports stuff, if that applies. Uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you thought of our selections, our lists, anything that you think that we missed, any surprises that we chose, anything like that. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page, information in your show notes. Email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable name in your clickable email name in your show notes as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, and main night podcasts, entertainmenttalk.org, and podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. You can also support us by uh, simply telling other people about what we do and where they can find it, either by just telling them or using social media. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. Um, David, what's going on with Geek Town these days? Uh, well, we are sort of heading towards me, um, you know, uh, shuttering the front end of the site for Christmas. You know, we we don't tend to post much on the front end of the site from about the 22nd, 23rd and through until New Year. However, the air date page is still updated. If you're looking out for Christmas shows, geektown.co.uk forward slash Christmas give you a big list of all the Christmas specials. The Geek Town Awards are still running. They're running right up until the 31st of December. So that's where you can go on and vote for your favourite TV shows, video games and uh, films and uh, as well as your most anticipated stuff as well, that uh, there's a form up on there at geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. You can go and vote on there and there is a big prize draw. So all you've got to do is go and fill out the form and that'll enter you in the prize draw. You can bring a load of geeky stuff and there's a runner up prize as well. So uh, go and do that. Geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. Excellent. Uh, Great. Where can people find you online? Uh, they come follow me on twitter at gray the geek that's g-r-a-y um normally i'm just uh, bemoaning life on the <laughs> consumer things and also talking about the traitors um and also come and uh, follow my journey to christmas will i be well enough to enjoy christmas so uh, that'll be my next journey and i hope to be more well in 2023 Woo-hoo! <laughs> nice nice uh, you can also follow other people as well. You can follow Bex uh, on Twitch. That's Trista B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch for classic retro and game streams. Me on Twitch at Talk UK, YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays for all that stuff. Uh, one last reminder, 1st of January, uh, Classic Reviews returns. Episodes are all done, scheduled and whatnot. And a month of Positive Creators returns as well. How those episodes will be rolled out is the 1st of January, which I believe is a Sunday. And then those episodes will follow on from Wednesday the 4th. Uh, of of January and then the following weeks after that there'll also be two uh, I'm not going to say what they are just for surprise there'll also be two other reviews of things I've mentioned here that I haven't posted yet and haven't talked about those will also be dropping on January 1st as well and then of course start of the year I'll bring back the United cast at a certain point um, Gaming Talk will come back at some point I'm sure Geek Town Radio will come back as well uh, when David chooses to, to do that and of course uh, first couple of weeks of January uh, The Last of Us comes out as well which is a big notable thing um, I'll do a, a Servant Season review once that's out so don't look out for anything for that in January that's the plans um, thank you both very much for joining me I hope you have a, both have a very nice Christmas a new start to the year and a great 2023 great I hope that you feel better soon um Thank you, everybody, very, very much for listening to everything that we've done this year. Thanks for your support and everything else. It's been a great 2022. 
Um, have a lovely Christmas, have a very nice start to the year, and a great 2023. And enjoy those games, shows, films, and sports, or whatever, whatever it is that you're choosing to do. Thanks very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.